Okay, I have Super Metroid, that's all that matters. Hey, that's, there you go. Do you really need anything else other than Super Metroid? Like, what other SNES no. games really matter? You really need it so you can patch it and play. Well, the well guess. Next. Well, guess what? I got Power Rangers the movie. Okay. I got the Warriors again, mm-hmm. and I've got Kaizo Mario World. <laughs> I mean, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> God, Kaizo Mario. I know it reminds a lot of people of other people, but there was this Let's Player I remember back in the day that played the Kaizo games. Um, and he had like, he always talked like this and he would like, he, he would play all of the Kaizo games and just talk like this the whole time. Ha ha. Yes. I'm loading the state. Ha ha. Yes. And he just like 20 minutes straight. Just like, how are you not blowing your voice out? My dude. I can't remember the dude's name. Um, shit. Pirate. He wasn't a pirate. Um, is that what you you were getting ready to Google pirate let's player? Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> like. Lambert? Oh my god, that's fucking it! What? Google pirate pirate voice let's player Kaizo let's player Sir Ron Lionheart. Oh my god! How did that work? <laughs> How is? I never thought of him as a pirate. Aunt Polly, that voice you were doing was a pirate voice. That no. is the only conceivable read on no. what you just on what you just did. My birthday is talk like a pirate day. I would know what a pirate sounds like. Okay. Yeah, you just did a pre- no. That's not a pirate. No, you're in no. you're in the no. movie Dodgeball no. from 2004 no. playing no. a pirate. No, 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 no. That's not yes. a pirate. Yes. No, no. All right, Polly, give us a pirate voice. Argy mateys, I'm SpongeBob SquarePants. Literally the same voice. No, you it is not. No, it is not. not. No, not even close. No, no, no. You're not getting me on this one, Thire. It's not happening. Not this time. So Sir Ron Lionheart has a video seven years ago, and then the next one is two years ago. Like there was a gap there, but they yeah, are he went away semi-active. for a long time, and then he went away again. And I don't think he's doing content anymore. I mean, the last one's twenty twenty. Oh uh, yeah, so November though, so not only about three months old, right? Yeah. November twenty twenty. Oh God, stop doing that. <laughs> Like, even in AGDQ, like, they kind of not acknowledged that 2021 had happened, and people kept saying AGDQ 2021. I was like, this is a... Oh, my God. We've all literally lost a year, haven't we? But it's weird, because 2020 feels like the year we lost, and 2021 was just coasting. 2021 is just the giant nothing. Yeah, it's weird. And I think that that's why it's less memorable, because 2020... Everything's going to shit, hell in a handbasket. You're sitting there, you know, you've got an election coming up. You're going crazy. 2021 is just the literal fucking nothing. So I think that that's why 2021 is just this year that's just going to be this gap, this big fucking bowl that nobody's ever going to remember. What of note happened? I introduced Monty to my parents and they introduced me to theirs. (laughs) Oh, man. We're starting off with the heavy shit today, folks. Nah, that's fine. <laughs> we got it. We got some ellipses in chat on that one. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Nothing, Welcome. Nothing of note happened. <laughs> oh. 
Welcome to Soxcast episode 150. And that's like one of those numbers where when you say I know, it, right? you go, wow, that's that's a big milestone, right? You guys got to be really feeling great about it. And it's just like, man, it's it's 2022. <laughs> like maybe maybe when we hit 200, it'll be like, like, like what happens first? Like the death of the planet or episode 200? <laughs> that's kind of the, the only countdown I'm keeping track of now. It's just like, oh, okay. Like, are we just done? Like, which is done first? <laughs> Soxcast episode 200. Or the planet. That's only like two years. I mean, the death of the country, probably. It's probably maybe a little, like, maybe a little more, um, maybe a little more feasible. Like, the death of the country or, or, uh, Soxcast episode 200. I'm waiting for, like, the apocalypse (laughs) to happen while we're broadcasting episode 200, which I think would be just the perfect capper for us, right? The most influential podcast of all time. The only podcast of all time. Mm-hmm. Broadcasting across the wastes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be that reporter at the end of VLR. That's really oh dark. <laughs> That's really dark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's episode 150. We've, we're we're yeah. very thankful to have made it. How many podcasts make it this far? Right, this many years and this many episodes. I do like not remember life before doing the podcast, which is a little weird, isn't it? Like we've been doing this when you go back to like when we doing it like 2014, I think we started in August, August 24th, 2014. Okay, and we were just recording them then, and that was way more boring than doing them live. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, those early episodes are, you know, we're finding things. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Like, I, I remember, like, I remember, I don't think this show really found its groove until, like, episode 30 or so, honestly. Um, yeah. I think that that's when things kind of just started feeling more freeform and less structured. We, st- we ca- mm-hmm. I think that was around the time we were just like, get rid of this stupid outline. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> because you start a podcast and you think, oh, hey, this is how everybody does it. This is how everybody does We're going to be just like Giant Bomb. <laughs> man, it, man! Imagine if they had done a podcast back in the day instead of us. Then they'd be the only podcast. That's wild. <laughs> oh, yes, John. I simply, I simply do, I simply do not consider the past and only live in the present. I think that so, that's probably once off. we once we make once we make a podcast, it exits my brain. Just like okay, it's out. we're done. <laughs> I, I had to go back to our 2017 game of the year to mm-hmm. figure out what my number three was that year. Oh, because I wanted to know. And so it was kind of funny though. John's number three was Danganronpa one and two, mm-hmm. and then my number three was Danganronpa one and two. Oh, nice! So we just talked about it twice. Yeah, that's, I mean that's okay. that, that that's those are two really damn good games to be talking about. It was just funny because I'm like I'm pretty sure it was Danganronpa one and two, but I have to go check because I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I started. I tried to get a doc together of um. I'm trying to. I kept. I would always write what y'all are get it, making your lists mm-hmm. um, as we do them, but they were spread across like different Notepad files and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, so I do not have a complete yeah <laughs> list of the of the goddies over the years. Mm. Cool. All right, to my media virtual right, he'll cut your brainstem as his combat boots grind your head. <laughs> it's Rhett. Now I'm the boot. Now you're the boot. <laughs> Das boot. <laughs> oh god, how's it going, Matt? It's going. <laughs> you had a good time before the podcast, as I understand it. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and with my game of the year. With your game of the year. It's great. Yeah, It's always nice <laughs> that we, when we can revisit our game of the year multiple times, sometimes multiple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone listening is going to be like, what? That's okay. That's what podcasts are for. Inside jokes that only you get. Yeah. It's fine. Look, nobody's here, okay? <laughs> nobody's watching this and nobody's going to download this. We can sit here and literally talk about anything we want. In fact, I'm going to deter people from being here at the moment. Oh, my God. We are recording. We are recording this on Sunday night. So for, for if you're downloading this later, this ain't going to fly. It's 7 o'clock. I want you all to go over to twitch.tv slash Freezing Inferno. It's doing something really cool uh, at 7 o'clock. So... There you go. But even more incentive for the nobody watching what we're doing right now. Even more incentive for the nobody here to, to be going over there and, and doing things. So, yeah, that twitch.tv slash Freezing Inferno. Uh, we, got, we, got, we got our nice freeform, freeform energy now. There you go. We can just sit here and literally do nothing. It's great. No, uh, no, no, no. We're going to talk about video games. I'm very excited to talk about video uh, games. Uh, to my immediate virtual left, young, rich, and famous with money hanging out his anus, it's John Thayer. Hi. Hey. That's me. It is you. It is you. I, I often see you running around with dollar bills hanging out of your anus. It, uh, just ejecting it. Uh, ejecting. Like... Yeah, like your ass literally <laughs> oh, no. prints money. <laughs> It's like the Nintendo DS. Like the Nintendo DS. Which do you think is better, John's ass or the Nintendo 3D or the Nintendo DS? I think we need to get well, Nintendo strong. 3DS. It's no contest. No, it's no, 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 no. Yeah, we're I talking rank of DS, DS, John, 3DS, DS, D, yeah, DS, John, yeah, DS versus John Thayer's ass. There's the straw poll that needs to be happening right now. I think. The DS has like a lot of good RPGs. How many John RPGs? Is like, I'm losing this one. How many RPGs does your ass have, John? Zero. It's None. a great. It's great, but it. The DS's library of stunning RPGs. Mm -hmm. Now I think my ass soundly trounces mm -hmm. the 3DS and decently beats um, the Game Boy Advance mm -hmm. library, mm -hmm. which was good, but like hamstrung by only having like three years of vibrancy. Sure. The DS is just almost is like eight years or something of just ridiculously uh, of constant new content and constant RPGs and yeah. Games, and like and there's a port of Chrono Trigger on there. There is. And there's there a port is. Of Chrono John, does your ass have a port of Chrono Trigger? It doesn't have Ghost Trick either. No. Oh man, oh, John. Yeah. You know, like as much as I love your ass, and I do. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I mean, at least you, at least your ass and the DS do have in common that you can just put things in them, right? I mean, that's fine. That's true. I mean, the, the DS can fit a, a GBA cart as well. Yeah. The like, DS. My the ass DS, the DS can do double like, penetration. You cannot. You cannot. Do, I mean, I, I suppose you could double penetrate John. You could spit roast him, right? The, now what? the DSI, on the other hand, this is one of the many limitations. Of one the of the DSI. many limitations, like you only got one hole, but you, you like, can't spit roast the DSI. So John's ass is better than the DSI, but yes. it's, it's no competition. That's the At thing all. is that the DS the will DS. also let you play all the Game Boy Advance library. Like the Game Boy Advance library on its own doesn't really stand a chance against the against my ass. No, but the DS, no. the DS Lite with that extra bright screen. Okay, yeah, stands, I'm going DS Lite every time. <laughs> uh, Rika the Ice Princess says GBA is the best handheld console. The DS Lite is a GBA. It's like the nicest way to play GBA mm -hmm. games, mm -hmm. and it plays DS games. And the DS has a better library. So much There's better just, than. So much better than John's ass. Okay, okay. I didn't say so much better. I said better. No, I, said I think... I, I, I give it the nod, mm -hmm. but it's not like I'm being trounced here. 
I don't know. Like, when you consider the strength of some of those DS role-playing games, my friend, I don't know. And Ghost Trick. And Ghost Like, your ass, do your ass doesn't have a Ghost Trick. That's the problem. Just like Sony didn't have a Halo Killer, your ass does not have a Ghost Trick Killer. It's true. It doesn't have it. <laughs> this is what happens the when you just the world, does not end, the world does not end with my ass. Yes! The world will not end with John Thayer's ass. The 158 over two asses. The best thing, the best thing I can say about John's ass is that at least he's like keeping it in circulation. Like, I know that John's ass is always going to be like, if I ever want just big old shot of John's ass, it's going to be right there. Like, I can get that. The ass advent. The ass. The ass vent. The ass. Fuck. Ha. Professor Layton and the curious ass. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. John, you're, now you're, John, now you're a Twitter thread that isn't funny. Um, yeah. Now I'm a bad Twitter thread. You're, you're right. Yeah, you're kind of like, you've gone like three tweets too far. Like you kind of yeah. pushed your luck, took the joke okay, and, one and, layer but too also, But also, let me say, Phoenix Wright, ass attorney. Ass attorney, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, the Twitter thread got funny again. It's like, it's like that person making a comment three days later, but they only get like three retweets from their friends on it. Dragon Quest V, clap of the heavenly ass. <laughs> I don't See, I don't know what that one originally was. It's hand of the heavenly bride. Well, see, ace attorney and ass attorney, I think that's a little yeah, more Yeah, I think that's well, funnier. I, I, worked in the, I worked in the clap, though. That's pretty good. You did. Uh, you, I, mean, you, I mean, you don't, oh, you don't, like, there's a, there's a there's time to, there's a time to work with the clap, and there's a time to not work with the clap, and I think that, like, John picked, like, the one time you would probably want to work with the clap. Thank you. Okay. Um, what is this show anymore? The funniest podcast on the internet. You really are. Like, I often wonder why we do, like, like, why we sit here and pretend like we give a goddamn about the media that we consume. Oh, I, no, don't worry. I very much do. I often oh, wonder boy. why we do that when we could just but sit here and talk about. Fun as well. When we could just sit here and talk about John's ass for the next hour, and that's like a whole bit, and then we go on break and come back, and we talk about Rhett's dick. <laughs> I was going to say, Rhett's dick from Rhett's dick to John's ass. <laughs> Ass of the Heavenly Bride. That's pretty good. <laughs> but but the two shall not meet. Not the two shall not meet. Uh, Rhett doesn't. Oh, no. Rhett doesn't go that way. It's fine. Um, anyway, uh, so who wants to start this stupid bullshit? I want to. I think John does. All right, I John, go, go, make the podcast happen. I started Umineko. Yeah. Uh oh. Right. Uh oh. Umineko no naku koroni. Umineko no naku koroni. You mean the That's hit the sequel to Higurashi, When They Cry? The hit sequel to Higurashi. So I was really into Higurashi in, let's see. Oh, God, you're like, going to remember a time. <laughs> oh, God. So I was like 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. So probably like 2010. Um, That's not actually too long after the show came out. Um, yeah. yeah. The show was 20, uh, 2006. So. Yeah. So I came a, I came a little bit after, just a little bit after y'all. Right. Um. So I, I always loved Higurashi. I watched the whole anime. I watched Kai, um, and I had a blast. Mm -hmm. And I never actually read the VN until two years ago when, when all of us did. When literally everybody did, and now everybody's continuing to do that because I'm the trendsetter. Because <laughs> you are the taste-making trendsetter at the moment. Uh, of course, now I am the taste-making trendsetter at the moment. Yeah, because now I, 
Because along with John starting Umineko, we are literally starting streaming Umineko tomorrow night. So, mm-hmm. something, something, something got you to something got you to wanna something, wanna play that. One. Something made it hit, and it was just like, you know what, we got to do this again, don't we? Uh-huh. Been a few months since Sigarashi. Yeah. Yep. It's time. Honestly, when I was realizing that it had been over a year since you played that, I was like, wow, like. What twenty twenty one really was the Phantom? Year. I played through Higurashi to get through the pandemic, and then I took <laughs> a, and then I took a year off, and now I mean, I'm playing pandemic. and now I'm playing Umineko, and there's still a pandemic. I'm depressed. <laughs> pandemic kind of went away for the summer, and now it's back, so it's time for an eight game v- visual <laughs> novel. When they cry is for when you cry. Yeah, yeah. Oof. That's what so, it's here for. So Umi Neko, huh? Umi Neko, mm. huh? I never touched touch the anime. I never touched this game. I, actually, that's a lie. As a as a kid, like 2010 or something, I remember going through the trouble of getting the um, Higurashi VN set up, and I read up to like the first time um, Takano and uh, talk to you, talks to you about the the the, the mysterious murders the from five murders. years ago. And I kind of kind of dribbled off, and I remember spending like three hours getting Umineko working on my computer because it was you could not just buy it on back on Steam in 2010. No, no, you had to you had to download it illegally because mm-hmm. <laughs> we all did. Like the day that the day those games came out uh, at, at whatever con that they came out at, like I I know very specifically, me and Rhett were like there day one downloading the raw versions because like eight months later that they would be translated, so we were there. Fantastic. You downloaded that. You had to get the Witch Hunt uh, patcher, I believe, uh, which would patch the game that you were on. And then, yeah. And sometimes they would release. And sometimes they'd do half a game at a time. Oh, see, I don't think I ever bothered with the half patches. No, I never bothered with that. I never bothered with the half patches, but I do remember that that was a thing where sometimes they would do the half patch and then be like, "Uh, what's the point of this? (laughs) I think. Was it episode four they did that? Because it was like, this one, hey guys, this one's real long. What the hell? Yeah, I think it was that one and eight. Eight, I think, did have a good halfway eight, eight point. Eight has a good halfway point, yeah. Uh, we're, we've kind of taken over John's segment here, unfortunately. No, it's not a problem. I, I like I like hearing about what it looked like, what what this was like back in your days, basically. Yeah, because like yeah, this, this is the one we lived through. We yeah, lived exactly. this one as it was coming out. Umineko was our event for like three years. That's so cool. That's awesome. Um, and... So, so I just never, but I, but uh, I remember, I think I, I only played it for like ten minutes after I spent three hours getting it working. <laughs> oh no, the ROM experience. Yeah. Yep. Um. So finally, I was just like, the moment struck me. Hey, I I want to be. I'm gonna be sad for a while. Let's play a long visual novel. Let's play motherfucking Umineko. Finally, let's find out what all these weird troll faces I've been seeing for the last ten years are about. Yep. Um. So Umineko, I would say, has a pretty large cultural footprint in our social circles. Oh, Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was very pleased by how much I was not prepared for what Umineko does. <laughs> like, you think you know, you know about red text, you know about Beatrice making a face and making fun of Battler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Battler, 
I, I knew Battler um, making silly theories about how murders happen. <laughs> I knew that much. Um, and like that was mostly the extent of it. I knew Beatrice didn't show up for a while too. Yeah. Um, and then you actually play it. And A, the first episode is really, really good. Um, it's just a great slow burn, tense, a lot of really good family dynamics. Um, it's just like very immediately engaging and scary and like, and it's all rooted in like good, cool, um, character dynamics and family dynamics, like Ryuki getting right back into that stuff that he's really good at. Yeah. Yeah, you got um, you got like different sets of parents and their kids, and the very different ways that those relationships are good or bad, or and, and just kind of like and, oh, so, so, there definitely some real good parents in Umineko. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's really a competition for Mom of the Year all the way down. I mean, yeah, like. like I mean, Headache Mom is the best, right? Like, she's such a oh, mood. I love, I love <laughs> Natsuhi is such a mood. Her look at all times is just one yeah. of constant migraine. Pa- constant migraine or really constipated. <laughs> and I like to think that it's both. I really like Natsuhi. Natsuhi's great. Um, uh, Maria's mom. Um, Rosa, Rosa. Is, Rosa has a, has, gives off um, an impression because uh, she's introduced as like the nice one. Mm-hmm. Well, her name's Which nice it, and rosy sounding. How could you not love a woman named Rosa? Um, Maria is so good. Oh, all all these so characters great. are so fucking good. Yeah. Um, they they give they have like they immediately have like love stories. They have like little uh, so many different little stories going on. This is much more of an ensemble piece than Higurashi because yeah. Higurashi would very often. You are in this character's head while they have a psychotic breakdown. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is the arc of the game. Mm -hmm. That is several of those games is just you are in the head of one of these characters as they have a psychotic breakdown. I'm ready for the complete mental breakdown of this person. Let's go. Let's go. Um, Umineko is like jumping viewpoints way more. It's not inside one. Like... Higurashi does not really jump viewpoints until I think um, the second uh, set of arcs, really. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, they jump into um, Shion's head in game five, but it stays there. Yeah. Yeah. Shion's story, the whole game. Yeah. Game six is like the Rika game, but that still bounces around between Akasaka and and, and Rika as well. That's true. Um, So it's like, I I don't even know if they go into Rika's head in in game four. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't think they do now that I think about it. I think that game yeah, is almost just, it, almost entirely Akasaka. Mm-hmm. All Akasaka all the time. Yeah. That's the the, the the hit mod of Higurashi removes all non-Akasaka content. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't leave you with much. It does take out that very just awfully paced end of Mina Garoshi, though, with Takano just going on and on and on. You might, <laughs> might as well just, Why did they just rename her Takano? <laughs> oh my god there's a joke there's a joke i made a joke it's a good joke i'm good so, joke i'm so funny um so so this is an ensemble piece it's my immediate impression was like oh this is succession the hit hbo show mm. <laughs> um but that that dynamic doesn't stay too long i think it kind of develops yeah um a ways but yeah, it's just like 
uh, it made a very good, strong impression. And then the end of the arc yep. explodes and sets you up for what the nature of Umineko is really going to be in a way that Higurashi doesn't really explode for like 70 hours. 70 hours. <laughs> it's like seven games before it gets into what it's doing. Yeah. Higur- Umineko jumps in immediately. And as a result, it kind of sets itself up to have to come up with like it, it's just playing all these good like it's one of my it's it's a quote I come back to a lot is like play all your car, good best cards up front so yeah. you have to come up with new cards. Yep. Um, that's a, that's what this series does consistently, and I that's think. what Umineko is doing. It is playing all those cards immediately, and now it's like okay, now what? <laughs> we know who we literally know who the bad guy is. We know the nature of the we know a lot about the the nature of the structure. The magic, the what's going down, what the central conflict is going to be, and it's at like at the start of game two, <laughs> um, and then things explode again, like halfway through game two, and you're like, okay, cool, here for it, extremely here for it, extremely here for it. Yeah, I think that especially the question arcs have just this way of starting as one thing and then just completely blindsiding you in some fucking ridiculous yeah. way that you don't ever see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much of that. And it's just like, I know that that's good energy. And I cannot wait to get back to it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a scene from episode three that I sh- showed Polly the other day. And she was just like, Oh my fucking God. I forgot about that. I, for- I completely <laughs> forgot. And I'm just like, Oh God, I know why I'm here again. John is going to be cackling yes. for like an hour. <laughs> cackle, 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 cackle. Ah, that wave. <laughs> um, it's it's like I am extremely here for the nature of this. Yeah, of like the the Phoenix Wright shit, the Chuni yeah. shit, the Ryukishi grounded family drama. Mm-hmm. Um. It's all good. It's all. I'm, it's like uh, so many different things that are all like your jam. Yeah. 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 I, I did finish it. I did finish the first game and I was kind of like, uh, is this going to be a lot of like Danganronpa shit? Oh. <laughs> and like the way it's playing out, I'm pretty sure it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the nature of it is so immediate and exciting and still grounded in these characters I care a whole lot about because mm-hmm. Ryukishi like you know he spends 15 hours like with these characters getting everything set up yep um, so and it's good mm-hmm. but it, but because of that you really are immediately pulled into them before it gets to like the silly fun stuff yeah yeah like the, um, I think this series is going to treat you very well I think I'm very jazzed for it I'm kind of braced because um the the narrative I got from y'all and from other folks yeah. is like I know that um, one of his co creators passed away like mid production. Yeah, it around, sounds like that. Kind I of think took game six. After, yeah, I think else. after game six, BT passed away, and a lot of people seem to think that he kind of lost his passion for that series afterward. But it'll be interesting, mm-hmm. kind of like looking at that for me ten years later and seeing yeah. like where I am on that now. Yeah, uh, Narf's impression was just like. I completely love it up through like the end of game six mm-hmm. and then like, yeah, game seven and eight, there's like some weirdness there, but he, he was still very satisfied. They were still very satisfied with how that 
game played out at the end. Yeah, there's still so a I, lot of things to enjoy about Umineko, even yeah. when it kind of panned for me at the end. There were still a lot of yeah. things that I was jumping out of my chair for, uh, and a mm-hmm. lot of great tunes that I was jamming on. Uh, that's something this series. <laughs> there's has still got. so much more music. Yeah, this series yeah. has got tunes for days, and they're so good. <laughs> I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something a little mean. I still love Higurashi, even though I don't like Matsuri. I don't love Matsuri all that much. <laughs> I think that's totally fine. I think that a lot. I think that Matsuri kind of. Um, I think that that lands for a lot of people the same way, and that it's kind of like, okay, we're giving you kind of the ideal, perfect conclusion now. It's a, um, little, it's a little easy for it, everybody. Yeah, it's, I 100% understand that. Like, that, mm-hmm. I get that entirely. Yeah, Shion should have died. Woof. <laughs> 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 That's my that's my hot take there. That's a hot one for sure. That's a, just that's think a, about it though. It would have been so juicy. Could've, he could have done a real good scene with her dying. Just I think imagine. You could have done a real great death scene of yeah. <laughs> Even just thinking about it, I'm just like yeah. You could do a real good one there. <laughs> Salah's in the chat. Eh. I don't know about that one, John. <laughs> don't know if I can follow you down this well. Eh. <laughs> so like I, I i'm not really going in expecting like perfection i just i'm here for the ride of this yeah. and the and so far this is so oh, it's a ride cool. the story goes yeah. so many places that mm-hmm. i just was not prepared for mm-hmm. so like speaking, even though go ahead Rhett. speaking extremely vague about the last two episodes i do remember a thing of like episode six is kind of the end but then people didn't understand so he made two more yeah. Oh, as, yeah. As in, like, he also like people expected there to be four. Like yeah. there were four in Higurashi. Yeah, <laughs> and also like uh, episode two was a really weird thing with the fandom. I guess they apparently thought it was too hard, so he actually trashed what he had written of episode three oh, right. and rewrote it. Huh. There's like, yeah. There's an alternate, like, unpublished version of episode of one three. Of those arts. Yeah. It's three. Yeah. Weird. The yeah, difficulty that, that, was going to be max, but I tiled it back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, like my, I think my deal with a lot of this is that I don't actually care that much about the mystery. Mm-hmm. I like, didn't really theorize. Oh, well, then much. he hates. Then Ryukishi hates you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the the red text, like the way that's getting set up now, it's is just so like fun. Um, oh, it like, just like it cut. Like my brain is just like. Well, they could have had a. They could have had another key made. They could have. There could be a hidden door. There's like a bil- There's a billion yeah. thing ways this could. This mystery could resolve just mm-hmm. because the world is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the nature of the red text is able to like slash through that. Oh, and it's and just like, like yeah. all of these easy answers that Battler can throw out there, and just suddenly just red text it. It's like, oh, it feels real good. Yeah. When I say it's a sealed room, it was a sealed room, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like so, when she can't when she can't he can't make her like she can't say something in red those are also real good moments where oh, it's just it's like, a good moment. like declared in red then bitch and she can't <laughs> or she doesn't oh, want so to or I just don't want to and that's such a, what a shitty opponent <laughs> Beatrice is so good she's so much oh my god <laughs> You do not, you are just not prepared for the nature of the Golden Witch <laughs> from the memes. Like, See, that's the thing for me and Polly, having just 
gone into this 100% blind, didn't know that Beatrice was going to be a character at all. No! Just like, read episode one, and we're just like... Like, me I, saying that at all is almost, is kind of a spoiler. <laughs> like, that's the wild oh, no, thing. No, yeah, it's, like, it's 10 years old. It's but hard it's 10 to, years at this point. You can't yeah. keep some... But yeah, like... Well, I knew, it's I such a basic, it. fundamental thing of the series. Yeah. Because it happens in episode one, you yeah, know? Like the actual nature of Beatrice and the way that she is so confrontational toward Battler is just nothing you're not prepared for. The way yeah. she just mm-hmm. comes at you is so <laughs> fucking delicious. I fucking love it. So I, I am over the moon, very excited. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to take breaks between episodes. Yeah, um, that's a smart move, I think. Um, like I said, I don't... I'm not big on the theorizing i'm just kind of like all right let it let it out let's, go. just let's let things wash, wash over me wash over me um but the nature but the red text is just kind of making that part of it a little more fun yeah. and like because you are oh. having thought you're see you all like despite yeah. the fact that you want to let it wash over you you're still gonna sit there and you're gonna be like i know there's probably yeah. like an extra key like, no there are five keys well fuck that changes oh, how i have to look at things <laughs> let me flip this chessboard around <laughs> there are 18 and a half people here <laughs> but which exists somewhere between in that x between 18 oh. and 19 <laughs> i remember so i remember be, us being so much into the theorizing part that i remember playing back through like episodes two two and oh, three God. and like making an xml document on my site of all the red text so that I'm we so can jealous. pour it over for each Twilight and be like, okay, this is where this character was at this time. And all of this God, shit. So choice. God. I do think doing all that does burn you a bit at the end if you do, when it doesn't pay off, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I know the nature of the very last choice. That's another thing I'm kind of informed mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a very short bad ending and then yeah. the real ending. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Um, I'm not particularly, I, I know that that made a, I think I made a joke with um, both of you where I, where I heard somebody say, now you may not know this because the U.S. fandom is so positive, but the <laughs> Japanese fandom was really divisive on Umineko's conclusion. Really? And I was like, that is all I've ever heard about Umineko's yeah. conclusion. Yeah. I think that like, we've been very consistent over the years and saying, yeah, that ending was a little <laughs> we'll see though we'll see though i'm excited yep. i'm going into like i said i'm gonna be i'm going to start streaming this uh tomorrow mm-hmm. night monday evening uh starting mm-hmm. legend of the golden witch um, hell yeah and i'm into i'm going in with an open heart and open mind mm-hmm. to kind of like i'm gonna let all of this hit me again i'm gonna try to take as few of my preconceptions and, and ideas mm-hmm. from 10 years ago in with me and i'm just gonna enjoy it with chat uh, and, and let things happen nope. as they do, and I, I, I and I still expect to be treated well because I the, the stuff that I love about Umineko is still there. <laughs> it's still <laughs> a it's lot of good shit. Still amazing. Yeah. So excited yeah, to be I, getting back into this again myself. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really, I'm yeah, really having, if I, really having a ball here. <laughs> yeah, right. Even if I was pretty cool on the ending as well, like I still look back at like episodes one through five oh, with like yeah. such yeah, like there's fondness so... and admiration. Yeah, at the time it it soured the whole thing for me, mm-hmm. uh, but over time yeah. I've just been like, no, I mean those first five episodes are so fucking good, like just nonstop. <laughs> I'm 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 jazzed and and yeah, like um. However it plays out, like I, I'm an, it's obviously this cultural landmark. Yeah. And a lot of folks have a, 
it's a touchstone for a lot. It has definitely hung around. Also just playing it and just being like, wait, this was before Danganronpa and Zero Escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those games play with a lot of that kind of meta text that rules Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nonsense. And (laughs) Umineko is doing that, but with all the stuff that makes, a lot of the stuff that makes Higurashi good, at a thousand miles an hour, and yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is this is very pleasing, and it's actually making me want to go back and check out Phoenix Wright because I'm pretty sure that um, there's some some DNA there, shared DNA oh, there. Uh, I mean, oh, Battler, oh, dude, Battler like is, literally, yeah, Battler is literally Phoenix Wright. That is who he is designed. He does doesn't he does the point? Yeah, yeah. Like, his hair is swooshed in a way that would remind you of Phoenix Wright. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, Kishi so, like, has not yeah. been in any way subtle about Battler being an analog to Phoenix Wright. It's kind of funny because my brain is like, okay, like the the early formative visual novels like Higurashi and Clannad <laughs> and Fate and oh shit, Phoenix Wright was like 2002. Huh. Yeah, those were GBA games. That's what's so wild. Yeah, yeah. And so that's can. that that series that series is very important to be in history, and I want to take a take a firmer look in that. At least finish that first game. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. <sighs> I love I'm, I love visual novels, y'all. Visual novels are fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I will say I will say when this got when this got chuny, <laughs> when I got chuny, I was just like throwing so everything on the ground, standing up, and just like <laughs> everything until now was trash. Throw it all away. The VN is good now. <laughs> You it's texted what ten times in a row? Yeah, I remember this very specific <laughs> string of uh, DM messages that was just what 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 what. <laughs> Well, I I knew that. I knew that stuff was coming. I assumed it was going to be outside the frame of the main story. Mm -hmm. And the fact Mm -hmm. that it, and I was kind of like, that was part of why I was kind of like, oh, it's going to be a lot of Dangarampa stuff, huh? Uh, It's going to be a lot of mysteries and not not really any fun fantasy stuff outside of this one (laughs) section of the story. And now it's like, the game is going, nope. Nope, we're going, we're going jumping into it. I have no idea how that plays into the nature of the main mystery. It's kind of wild. <laughs> Explain it with logic, Ushiromiya Battler. Um, well, you have to dub I'm the address very... when you read it. You want me to dub? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just read all her dialogue with that level of intensity. With that level of intensity, sure, I'll do that. Y'all get right on that. I love Battler with my entire heart. I think the fact that he starts off kind of useless and pathetic for like 15 hours yeah, makes bozo. him even more makes him even more endearing. I, I fucking tall. love it. Yeah, he's, he's very tall. He's a tall boy. It's one of those things that doesn't quite get across in the art. Yeah. Is he's, he's like How six tall feet tall. Yeah, something. he's like six feet tall. So Height. Five feet, 11 inches. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. okay. Almost. Yeah, pretty tall. Yeah, oh All right. boy, shorter than me, but pretty tall. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that was my. I think that was my first section. I just had a fucking blast with Doom and Echo. Yeah, hey, I'm, man. I'm so excited for more of it. It's I'm gonna be a recurring so, segment. I'm so excited to be joining you. Like I just like like Yay. as the week has gone on and I've been sort of preparing my own assets and stuff to get ready to stream it. It's just like. Oh my, because I was originally going to do it on the 31st and just give myself a week to kind of prepare. And then, like, the more John kept talking about it, I was like, fuck, we're moving it up a week. So let's see, we were starting on the 24th now. 
I'm excited for Zelaz wants to jump in too. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's fun stuff. (laughs) It's fun stuff. Rhett, what have you been up to? Oh boy. So real quick, I, just because it's relevant, I started playing the great Ace Attorney. Oh, hey. Which is, uh, it's Ace Attorney, but it's set around 1900. So it's all, you know, significantly earlier technology. It's actually set in Japan this time because there's absolutely no way they could actually rewrite the story to be like West Coast America, you know? Yeah, I wonder if they, like, if that was still an option for them or they just kind of gave up because everybody knew at this point that... There's no way... Because, like, it was already stupid enough in the yeah, Ace like, Attorney games with, with, all the, the sh- with all the shrine stuff. Yeah. And in this one, it's like, oh, we are taking a boat from Japan to China and then going to England. Like, yeah. it's so much more specific. It's like, you can't because... Yeah, you just can't na- at this point. Like, nationality and race is, like, a pretty key part of the story because everyone is, like, weirdly pro-British mm-hmm. right now. Like, oh. they all... Because it's, like, it's imperial... It's like colonial Britain, mm-hmm. and the, they all really love it. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's Britain is the center idea. of the world." Yeah, <laughs> so it's like, it's like kind of I don't know, reverse racist. Like, so this is you'll like have, not the 1900s, right? This is like, it's like the 1870s. It, maybe it's maybe when they said this, when did the Sherlock Holmes <laughs> shit take place? Okay, maybe it is significantly older. Because I think that's I think that's the time frame is older. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm stupid. They haven't said a specific year, so okay. I think they said turn of the century, and I was just like, oh, 1900, because that's the only turn of the century, obviously. Right, obviously. <laughs> so right now I'm in the second arc, and they're on a boat traveling to Britain, and it's going to take them 50 days. Mm. And I'm just like... Well, then! That's a n- nightmare. That's yeah. what I used to do, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's just how you did it. Whew. Whew. So the funny thing about that game, though, is just how little that series has evolved since oh. the D- since the GBA. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's just it's a nostalgia thing now. Where just they use the same sound effects, they have the same you know text sound for characters talking. It has the same sound effects, they have the same emotes, and it's just like You're telling me that series still doesn't have voice acting. It does not ha- still have voice acting. How the I feel that that's something that. Like when, like when this this series is so popular now, I feel. Like oh that's no, they so- definitely could. Yeah, I feel like. I mean, there is, too, but it, maybe it's just like it's playing it the same way because hey, that's just how it was on Game Boy Advance. It really feels like a Pokemon. Like it's just how the way things are now, where mm-hmm. like Pokemon has the same bump sound when you'd walk into the mm-hmm. wall and you walk in four direct. Yeah. So it's a little weird after playing, you know, the very obvious. Ace Attorney inspired games of like Higura, not Higurashi, Umineko and Danganronpa that were not confined by 20 year old conventions. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm having fun with it so far. It's cute. It's, it's, it is very funny. And the way they do the animations, like, cause the, the, those original games had very cute sprite art and like they have to adapt that to 3D, but, but 3D, I think they do a pretty good like, job. I played a bit of um, Dual Destinies and. Yeah. Um, what I played of that was like, hey, like they actually managed to capture the character very well of what they do with these sprites. Yeah. Uh, and that can't be easy because 2D animation works way differently than 3D animation. Mm-hmm. But they managed to do it, even though the animation's smoother. Yeah. Hmm. I did play the uh, Phoenix Wright versus Ace Attorney, so this isn't my first return in a, you know, since the DS GBA games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't played uh, four, five, and six. Yeah, those are the ones. I, I have those on. I, I got those on sale for dirt cheap, but I just haven't played them yet. Yeah, I'll play them if they come to Steam or something. I don't think I'm digging that's out that 3DS. What, <laughs> I think that's kind of what I idea. I think that's ideally what most people want because, like, they could easily do ports of the phone versions because there are phone versions, and they could just oh, write that. They can easily just yep. port those to. Uh, I'm playing them. That's what I'm playing them on. They remade the original trilogy, so people are just like, okay, guys. Like four, five, and six. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get Apollo Justice moved over. Let's go ahead and get Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice. Let's go back and pick it all up. Like, let's stop forgetting things. Yeah. Um. So that's not the game I was actually going to talk about, though. So I'll talk about that more. But it was relevant because we were talking about Amiibo. Yeah, because and they're comparable. Yeah, good transition. How Ace Attorney is, you know, the big grandfather of that stuff. Or maybe there's something that Ace Attorney was inspired by. Maybe. Ooh. Um. I played Trails of Cold Steel. Uh-oh. The first one. <laughs> that's a, big that's a pretty one. big one. That's a big one. It's a big one. It's a very long game. I started it in in November. Yeah, I remember. And then we did Game of the Year, and I didn't talk about it. Yeah. And then we I did an anime episode last episode because I hadn't finished this yet. I have finished it now. Now you can talk about Trails of Cold Steel, start to finish. Oh boy! Um, boy there's so much, isn't there? There's so much. But also, have you ever considered that nothing happens in this game? <laughs> best Brutal. review. Best review. Best, best review. But also, that's a statement I don't a hundred percent disagree with. I think that there's basis a, to say that nothing happens if you are maybe not familiar with events that took place prior. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty slow game. It is definitely them setting up like the true set, like next arc yeah like when the, when you get to the end of cold steel you can feel that this <sighs> is the, this is what they started this game building to and they are so excited to be here <laughs> yeah the last like three hours of this Ooh! you cannot say nothing happens i man but it's... <laughs> I, th- I think that it is such a funny thing that every cold steel game at its end left me at anywhere from two to four in the morning just screaming what the fuck at my tv every single fucking cold steel game i finished them at night and it was like yeah. two or three in the morning and i'm just screaming what the fuck at my tv this this is such a weird game because it is so slow mm-hmm. and then it just pops off so much right at the end you see that shit bubbling though like it does a good I know, job of like, bubbling I do feel like it's a, this this one's a little rough after playing Azir, which is not how almost anybody in the West has played it to this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. because Azir hits the ground running and does never and doesn't ever stop. Yeah, that's the game where it doesn't pop off right at the end. It pops off pops off the entire time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's Jiffy Pop, just nonstop. <laughs> so the problem with this one is that it goes. You kind of start. It shows you an event from a different perspective in like August, and then you roll back to March. So you've got like five months of cool stuff building up to the August event later on. And you're hearing about stuff that is happening in Crossbell. And having played, you know, those two games now, it's like, yeah, it was a lot more interesting when I was when you know, I was yeah, when I was participating there. When I was there. <laughs> 
So the fact that this, yeah, so this game starts with another cold open, mm-hmm. like the whole John thing of like they don't trust you to, to believe that it gets interesting later. <laughs> yeah, but then having played uh, Azure, like the cold open also isn't particularly compelling on its own either. Yeah, because a lot of this is like, hey, that thing you thought wasn't a big deal from from Azure, it actually was a big deal, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, like we're. we're it is like expanding the scope of the world like all these games do, but it's, I don't know, this is such a weird game. So much of this game is just so slow, and because Azure tells you a few key things that happen, it's just, it was maybe a bit it's of a struggle to get to the end. It sounds yeah. like. Because I, I think, think it's overall. Just you you kind of have, like with Cold Steel 1, I think you really kind of have to find yourself getting into the dynamics of Class 7 and in those interpersonal characters' yeah. uh, stories. Yeah. Because the big meat and potatoes, you are, these characters are not ready to be pulled toward that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just little newbies in a, a little military yeah. academy. They don't, they're not thinking for themselves yet. They're just doing what they're told. And, and yeah. those seeds of independent thought get kind of sprinkled in throughout the course of this story. And you've kind of got to be there for those interpersonal relationships to start growing so that when the big story starts happening, they get yeah. pulled toward it. It's believable. Again, they're like, Trails in the Sky does the same thing. I, I, I mean, I I agree. Like, I I just played Trails from Zero, which was like the main the main plot of Trails from Zero was tying off a subplot from the previous game. <laughs> yeah, and it's like one small fraction of Trails from Zero. Yeah, like you need to like yeah if you, if you're gonna be here for these games at all, there there is a level where you need to accept like there's this is gonna be a lot of episodic character mm-hmm. stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think and that maybe can be, that can be exhausting. I think so. The thing with Zero is that you have your main cast of four characters. Yeah, like that's easier and, you, and neater to wrap up. Yeah, you have them. They are your party almost the entire game, and you have four slots in your party, active party, which mm-hmm. works well with the SSS having four members. You know, uh, Class Seven has nine members. Yeah, a lot more to kind of deal with there. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot more small, you know, character growth. And then you go on these, you know, they're called field studies. They're basically field trips where your class and then the class splits up. So you got like four going one way, five going the other way. So your active party is always changing. And then it can be weird when it's like you have a real good moment with Elisa in in episode or chapter three. And then she's not in your team at all for the next two chapters. Yeah. So you don't have that consistent follow up of just like, hey, we're cool yeah. now. Like, yeah, yeah, you don't have that, and that's understandable. <clears throat> so it can be frustrating when it's like, oh, I'm I'm really starting to like this one character, and then they disappear for twenty hours or Red something. Literally, just wanted Fee to be in his party. Like, I was so mad every time Fee wasn't in the party. <laughs> I knew that was gonna be it. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> But again, with Elisa, Elisa in particular was funny because they do a dumb thing at the start to make her so unlikable. Oh, God. The fucking first chapter so bad. They just make her this ugly, abrasive Sundere yeah. for no reason at all because that's not who she is. No, it's not at all. I don't know why. Like, like, I don't know why they do that. There are so many people that just fucking resent her for it, too. Like, they, they like, never let that go, yeah. despite the fact that she becomes this really, really cool character. 
as the story goes. Like, they yeah. just never let that moment go, and it was just like, that's just bad writing, and she can't be crucified for it. Because mm-hmm. they, they eventually patch it up, and you have a good heart-to-heart talk with her in Chapter 3, and then she's not in your party for Chapters 4 and 5, I yeah. think. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, okay, your, like, main heroine kind of just disappeared from the story entirely. Yep. Because you've got these other characters in your party now, and you're having adventures with them. It's a, it just feels a little more disjointed because the the group is so large. Yeah, the I nine think characters. That's a common thing you're gonna unfortunately run into with Cold Steel is that it's basically character barf at some point. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I've. I mean, I know three apparently has a whole new group of characters where it's just like, oh, okay, like I don't know how these games end if it's gonna be like. Trails third, where you're just making like multiple squads at once because you have 50 active characters. <laughs> God. I think that the series at least handles it all well. Okay. Like, I think that despite the fact that it's character overload at some, at some point, I think that by the time I got to the end of it all, I was still very mm-hmm. satisfied. Like, it, you know, I was, I was still yeah. here for it. Good. Because I think with the field study stuff in particular, it's like four or usually four characters just disappear entirely yeah. and like you very vaguely hear what they were doing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my problem, overall big arcing problem with this game, I don't hate this game, but I think it is probably my least favorite Trails game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the big kind of s- summation of it is that first chapter and zero still tell a complete story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For first chapter has the thing with the coup and zero has the thing with the cult. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. plot threads are like 95% resolved by the end of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel cold steel has anything like that at all. Like there's the one thing you keep revisiting over the course of the game that does have a climax at the end, but it's not particularly thrilling narratively. Mm. And that, so then the ending, whereas like Zero does basically not have a cliffhanger ending at all. Mm-hmm. This one has the biggest cliffhanger ending. Oh, it's so much, so much meaner than first chapters was. And the way that it's framed, like the dialogue that's used, it's so much like, oh yeah. my God, this hurts. So it's like, this sucks. It's like 5.50 a.m. and I just text Polly and Iffy. You've got to be fucking kidding me. It can't fucking end that way. Are you joking? Uh, <laughs> like, like so good. I expected a brutal cliffhanger. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> and before I even got to it, if he was like, yeah, so I finished this day. I finished it like the day Cold Steel 2 came out and just immediately started playing oh Cold God. Steel 2. Go go, and, go check out Sean Chiplock's performance in that scene, too. Oh it's very okay. fucking good. It's very, I believe it. Woo-hoo! Yeah, he sunk his teeth into that one. It felt real good. Um, yeah, like that's, that's a mean, game where I yeah. beat it, and I started Cold Steel 2, and then I was just like, alright, I have to finish Poly Dungeon before I play this. And then, uh. and then Poly Dungeon got done a week later because I really fucking wanted to play Cold Steel 2! <laughs> the motivation. That's the motivation that I had to play Cold Steel 2. It's just like, if there's any way I'm ever gonna finish this fucking game, I've gotta lock it behind this. And then it's just like, I just <laughs> dove in and did it. It's a real mean cliffhanger. It's... I don't know where... I don't know how the next game's gonna start. <sighs> So, like, I think, but also it going so big right at the end when compared with a zero where it's like, 
it's going big all the time. Mm -hmm. And then you get to see and follow through on that. Yeah. Where like the ending of this was a little anticlimactic for me in that I didn't think I was going to immediately play two. Right. So it's like, here's all this stuff we're setting up. And then, you know, you know, the game is just going to end at some point and then it (laughs) does. And it does at the worst possible fucking (laughs) moment. And you're sitting there just like, am I just, am I going to do it? Am I going to just the next day at work? The next day at work, I was so emotionally distraught by the <laughs> fucking ending <laughs> that I really thought I'm just going to go home and click install. And post- <laughs> I bought, I, the one foresight I had is that like a year ago after playing a zero, I just bought one and two on yeah. Steam at the same time. Yeah. So I do have two ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I got real kind of bored of the combat in this mm-hmm. one. There is the like there's the immediate impulse of i want to see where the story goes and then there's the reality of hey these oh, are like 80 yeah. hour games yeah the when when you said i want to i want to start cold steel right away cold steel yeah. 2 right away and i was just like Rhett, you've dm'd me quite a few times now that you're having a rough go of it getting through this one it's a real like, no. it's a real stunning ending <laughs> yeah like i believe it if even if like the 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 forty hours or so leading up to that last yeah the, the last chapter or so it's just like the, like the way that whole last chapter is played out the mood, it's pretty crazy the mood and the tone leading into the big reveal like you feel like the like you feel your stomach sinking as the moments keep happening it's oh, just like yeah everything's like everything's just so weird right now I don't like this and then it <laughs> Anybody... all happens because that's already when I was in the in the mode of like the game's just going to end at some point and it's mm-hmm. going to catch me off guard. Yeah. So like yeah. The boy I know what you mean by the big reveal, but there's like so much that happens in like an that, hour. That one hour of just like everything happening, getting everybody together and just like, okay, yeah. here's what's happening. And then yeah. oh no, the thing happened and then Oh like, no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then oh, yeah, no, it's just oh, a no. constant escalating oh. series of oh no's. And then, oh, fuck, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that last, like, you know, two hours or so was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is written by the people that made Azure. Yeah. They were just holding back for <laughs> 60 yeah. hours. I think I definitely prefer Azure, obviously. That's, like, maybe my favorite one. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I think the way in which Cold Steel 1 and Azure kind of spoil each other is super weird. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that... They only say a couple things in Azure. Like, they tell you... Or the characters are here. Oh, this happened in Erebonia. And they do that, like, three times. Oh, They're, nice. So, so it's like, here are these three plot points we want you to know about because we have already set them in stone. Mm. Whereas in Cold Steel, when they hear what's happening in Crossbell, it's way more specific because that game's already been finished and released. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would still recommend doing in order, but I get wh- I get why some people would be like, "Hey, just you know, do whatever." Yeah. Or I pl- I played them in English release order, which was third Cold Steel, or actually, God, it was like second chapter Cold Steel. Like, oh yeah, 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 the, the weirdest way to because third didn't come out till like twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sad that the English release version is so so weird. Yeah, because playing them. 
the timing and the way everything kind yeah. of ended up. It's just, it's a series that's had a rough go of it, despite the fact, yeah. Yeah, and like, and even like, despite all that, it's still got like this major following yeah. now. So despite the fact mm-hmm. that all of that shit's kind of gone to hell in a handbasket, at least mm-hmm. you know, at least a lot of that will be corrected hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, yeah. I mean, they are going to do official zero and a zero. zero, and a zero. Like I, I, one of them is coming out in fall, so I think like yeah. it'll be probably March or April when. Yeah. Maybe I, I mean I don't know how they're doing this, but like they sound like. I look at the dates they've got now, and I just don't think they're hitting mm-hmm. all those. <laughs> like I would expect to maybe be caught up by twenty twenty five. I mean, they kind of had completed it. Uh, translations for zero and zero, like people were a little shocked when they were like, when they were also, like yeah, we're not releasing a year and a half. Yes, it's a little weird. I don't know, like, what's going into that. I think a lot of that's probably going into like getting the Testing. evolution versions because I think that that's what yeah. they're using mm-hmm. as the basis, and then they've got a port, oh, gotcha. and they got to port them to Switch and things like that. So, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into that, yeah. and, but it's it's still not going to be like an ideal time frame because, like I said, like. Mm. October, I think, is when they said that, like, they, like they just started taking pre-orders for the zero, the, like, the zero yeah. uh, stuff. So, like, that's going to be like October this year, and like, I wouldn't expect Azure until at least March of next year. Yeah. So, we're getting there, but like, you know, we, and then we've got to wait for Hajimari after that. It is funny where it's like the timing doesn't work out unless you're like me and played the fan translations of. Yeah. Uh, Zero and a zero, and then you've got like a year and a half to play the four Cold Steel games, yeah, which is doable. <laughs> it's conceivable that. Yeah. It... Are we talking end of next year? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That I could play two, three, and four. Like that feels yeah doable. Like you could, you could, you can, you can stretch this out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, what I was going to say, though, about the English release order being so wacky is because I do feel in some way every game is a sequel to the previous one where, like mm-hmm. like John said, the big thing in Zero is a plot thread they left over from Third. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way this game constantly references what's going on in, in Crossbell Cross at the Bell. same time. Yeah, because like the state of Crossbell is such an important part of why the yeah. things in the world are happening. Uh, yeah. It's such... Like the conflict over Crossbell and what's going mm-hmm. on there, and the various powers that are vying to lay their claim yeah. to it—that's the whole point of the conflict that's going on in Erebonia right now. And you know, not having mm-hmm. that full context is really, really rough. Yeah. And but there's also there's one thing they tell you in Azure that happens in this game, and then. So you think it's a spoiler? I think the way I think the way they played it was really smart. Where you think it's a spoiler, and then you find out, and then it happens, and what that means, and you yeah. know how it how it truly went down. You're just like <gasps> screaming at the screen at two a.m. all over again. It's like a text box in 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 Azure. Yeah, and then you, you see it happen. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh oh. <laughs> It's a pretty big uh oh. It's a big uh oh. Again, a, a continuous escalation uh-oh. of uh oh's. Uh oh. <laughs> a lot of ICQ happening at the end of Trails of Cold Steel. Oh my god. 
Uh, so my other problem with this game, though, is that the combat kind of just completely broke at some point. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so like, easy to break the Cold Steel games. Like, uh, man, you get a, if, you get so an evasion, if you get an evasion tank early, you're basically not losing. Like, random battles kind of cease to exist in this game, like, halfway through. Yeah. You get Master Quartz again, which are, like, the really powerful... Oh, yeah. I, I don't, don't want to get too much into the degree, but they kind of revamped the court system mm-hmm. to be simpler. Because mm-hmm. you've got nine party members in theory, and they're switching out who is in your party every chapter. Yeah, you don't want to spend as fucking long setting these up. Not and worrying like, about element lines anymore, and, and setting like, up hey, numbers. Here, here's the attack one. Here's a couple good spells. Fucking go off. Like obviously, I do still spend a while mid maxing oh, yeah. it because like, it's still easy to spend an hour and a half in the menus of those games. Yeah, but they tried to make it simpler. Yeah, there was an. But effort. what happened? What happened was is that there's a master quartz that gives you CP back after killing an enemy. Yep. So it's like I, I kind of broke the game when it was at 20 CP back per enemy, and then it evolved to 25 back per enemy, which means that if I do an S craft and it kills four, four enemies, enemies, I get 100. You're back to having another S craft on deck. <laughs> yeah. So there was one time where just. Purely out of spite for this one strong enemy, I did an S craft, killed all his minions, and didn't quite kill the strong enemy, and just immediately S crafted. Just the immediately S craft again. <laughs> like, I'm just doing two in a row to make sure you're dead. It's not even efficient for me because now I'm at 25. Yeah, but I just want you dead. I remember like like when After Five played this, he got to the final boss, and literally he had so much delay on his attacks that the final he oh never saw a single attack that the final boss does. Oh God. That's rough because I was going to say the bosses were still fun for me. The final boss <laughs> got me once at the start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I then, saw after five just walk into that fight, but he had so oh much delay God. on his equipment and just oh, never let it have a turn. There's some fun, you know, big, big magic attacks there. Yeah, yeah, there's some good shit. I, I will say, so like by not completely breaking the game, the bosses were still fun. I was very stressed during the final boss because it was like a 20-minute fight mm-hmm. and could kill me at any time, basically, <laughs> with this one big, you know, 999 damage attack, mm-hmm. which is what happened the first time. And I didn't have, uh, was it Adamantium Guard on everyone? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, like, the bosses were still fun, but the random encounters just became, S-Craft win, like, literally nine-second fights. Yeah. Like, because it even says in the corner, like, battle time, nine seconds. You did one S-Craft immediately and then skipped the animation. Yeah, I'm I'm continuing to enjoy that series. This one was a bit of a hike because it's characters talking about politics and taxes. Like, it kind of made me think, oh, my God, this is the Star Wars episode one. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) They literally are talking about tax theory. Like, one character straight up says, it is the duty of the peasant to pay nobles taxes. Or, like, it's an honor, though, to pay taxes. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck play. is this guy smoking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you run into a lot of uh, noble versus commoner bullshit in that game, which I think that's a fun yeah. dynamic. Yeah. I think that's a fun dynamic in a way to pit characters uh, having conflict with one another and them having to, like, Come to, like, oh, wait a minute, the system we're in is kind of bullshit, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely a game, you know, about those prejudices and, like, Mm -hmm. looking down on other people just because they're in a different social social rank. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, you know, both factions here are kind of wrong. They all kind of (laughs) suck. (laughs) Yeah, all, everyone's kind of sucks. (laughs) 
forge your own path. That's kind of, hey, yeah. that's what you got to do. <clears throat> I feel the next game is going to be extremely tuny, so I'm very here for that. All right. I'm <laughs> happy to hear that. Oh, there's, you know, there's wars happening. Reen believes in, in himself. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> He'll fix everything He'll because fix everything. <laughs> he has power. He's yeah. got a katana. He got big katana. He's a big katana, katana man. is a man's soul. It's a man's soul. Yes. I shit. Uh, I was gonna say um, the 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 duty of the peasants to pay the nobles. That's as much. That is Star Wars Episode One. It's also Ryukishi. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the way. Yeah, Umineko is about the noble class. For yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> Umineko is really just an inside look at the noble class. Yeah, yeah. I think my main, so my final takeaway from this is that like the Trails in the Sky, those three games and Zero felt like the first big arc mm-hmm. of the saga, and I think Azure and Cold Steel are like the start of the next one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because I. Because maybe that's why Zero kind of doesn't actually have a cliffhanger at the end, where it's like it is really yeah, it really just wraps gears. that up. Yeah, it shifts yeah, it really and... wraps up and then shifts gears to the Erebonia slash Crossbell. Yeah, shit show that happens. Oh yeah, yeah, we're here for it. It's a big old mess. It's it's like a good like like it's a good fun mess though. Yeah. Like getting in there and just like all right, we're getting dirty. Let's do it. It is funny because at one point I'm like. Like, because this game keeps interrupting itself with school stuff. Yeah. And it is funny the way it's like, it is characters trying to live their normal lives in the middle of uh, unprecedented times. Yeah. Where this it's constant like, threat of very bad things are on the horizon. Yeah. And they can't do much about it because they're just yeah. going to be swept along. So they're just hearing about <laughs> shit, awful shit happening on the radio and then being like, oh, but we've got to go prepare for our, our school. Uh, what is this class is festival? Go have you know? a festival, like, man. Let the yeah. kids have their festival. The world's about to fucking end. Yeah, it it felt a little on the nose, boy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if there's a reason the Cold Steel series kind of resonated for me as mm. I was playing it. <laughs> it's characters living in turbulent times and yeah. just trying to be like live, make the best of it for themselves. Yeah. The school <sighs> festival stuff was very cute. I greatly needed, you know, a breather. Yeah. Yeah, but good, I was also like, mm. when uh, when Azir gave me a breather like this, shit went real south afterwards. Oh yeah, oh man, in <laughs> and, a then, big, and then bad sure way. enough, sure enough. So, yeah, that I struggled with that game a bit. It took me significantly longer because I didn't because of the length. I wasn't going to be able to shotgun it, but mm-hmm. it got there at the end. It kind of squeaked in at the end. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a lot of best girls in this series. Yeah, like you get the, <laughs> you kind of can feel the tone shift, um, and them kind of leaning more into that stuff. I think Azure is actually a lot more anime, mm-hmm. but this, but Cold Steel will definitely get there. I think because they, besides the, the whole shit with Elisa at the start, yeah, there is there is some anime in Azure where it's like the whole boob grab part in that game. Oh my god. With the fucking sprites as well. Lady, calm down. I'm gonna need you to dial it back a little, ma'am. Yeah. I also think this game does lose some charm by switching to full 3D. 
I think so too. Yeah, yeah I really like yeah. the sprites and like I I did I like the and especially like this is like that mid era of um <laughs> where they were um like kind of just kind of getting more into the 3D thing. Like I think that like when they make the move to their engine that they used for three and four and East eight and nine, like yeah. the, the models yeah. feel a lot better. Gotcha. Mm. That's good to know. Like so I don't think it's... between this is kind of between E seven and eight then, right? Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's not bad looking. I just think when I look back at the cold or the crossbell screenshots that I have, I'm like, oh, this There's is so, so much cute. more charm. Like you look at that TO sprite and you want to just give it the biggest hug. Yeah. <clears throat> or like the the way they would use character artwork that looks better than the 3D models for yeah. like the close ups so you know what the, what this character is actually supposed to look like. Yeah. And then in Cold Steel, it's just like, hey, here's, you know... Uh, you got the 2D pretty... art in the menus, and I kind of wish yeah. they would have just used those instead of the talking heads next to the text boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, but that's just for your party members. For, yeah. like, everyone else outside the party, it's just like, oh, here's a 3D model that yeah. doesn't look, look as good as it did in Crossbell. <clears throat> I'm real curious about that next game, though. <laughs> All right, it's a... I'll just say it's it's an interest that is like it, it that is Cold Steel Two is a game. I think you and Ify said it's your favorite Cold Steel game. I think it is maybe like I'm I think I'm still kind of landing on Cold Steel and where I would rank them, mm. but two is very very high. It's got all the setup in the world to hit some highs for yeah, sure. Yeah, it had an entire game of setup. Yeah. Okay, I talked way too long there. Polly. It's, it's trails. It's trails. You're allowed to. Like, Falcom gets a pass yeah. on this podcast, if you did not know. The, the whole thing I was saying during Game of the Year of, like, Believe in Falcom was, like, me trying to hype myself up to get pushed through this game. Aww. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's kind of been a lean uh, uh, a lean couple mm-hmm. of weeks for me. I didn't really get up to a whole lot. Yeah. But, but that said... Uh, last episode, I, you may remember that I played a very cool game called Transa Ruby. Um, Yay! And you may also remember that that is by our good friend Skipmore, who I absolutely love. <laughs> everybody okay. knows. Everybody knows that I love Skipmore. Like they're my absolutely. Fa- they're my favorite. Um, but um, playing Transa Ruby was uh, it was an interesting experience for me because I was kind of like like playing that game the whole time. I kept waiting for a shoe to drop that never did. But like. Okay, where's the game going to finally fuck me over and I'm going to hate it? Uh, and I came close a couple of times. Uh-huh. Um, I came close to a couple of times, but it was mostly just, like, oh, no, okay. I just, I, if I had taken that screenshot, when I told myself to take that screenshot, I would have known where to go. <laughs> um, it was when you got the, the ability to push blocks and that one block that you need to push to go back to the previous area to get two fucking Tran chips. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the only part of that game that kind of got on my that got me that got under my skin a little bit. But mm-hmm. what that made me do is just like, okay, I played this game and I more or less I got it. I, you know, it's like, okay, I think I know what Skip more do now. I think I know how they work. Um, so I went back and I was like, let's just do a review. Let's do a reevaluation. I know that on the show, like John was just like, just go ahead and jump to Faerun two. And I was like, no, no, no. I got my. I got. My, I was like, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna sit here. I'm gonna load up uh, the Faerun collection again. I played Faerun Origin, which is a very cute uh, remake of the Flash <laughs> version of that game, and it's really it is a five minute video game that is easy to play. And it's a it's a funny little speed run. 
Uh, even it's yet, my favorite favorite game. It's your favorite favorite <laughs> game. There you go. Um, and then um, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. No guides, nothing. Not gonna look anything up. We're playing Faerun One. So, um, and if you don't remember when I played Faerun One, I did so on stream, and I think the problem that when I played Faerun 1 was that I was playing it as something that it wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. I went into Faerun 1 looking at it and the way that I'd seen you know, it played, it was like, oh, this is East 1. Um, and I tried to play it like that. I tried to kind of play that, with, play that game with the same cues and all of the same... Um, I guess like, like all the same things that you would look for in the way that East did things so that when like I had to walk behind a wall to do something, I just got mad. I was like, fuck that. That's stupid and arbitrary. Or like when I, like, I think, I think the first thing mm -hmm. that pissed me off was like, I had to push a rock to open a staircase. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, fuck you. That's stupid. And, <laughs> and the thing is like, I carried that attitude from that moment where the game is telling me, Hey, I'm this thing. I carried that forward instead of just like, I'm still going to try and play this game as the thing that I think it is. So mm -hmm. I didn't come to Faerun 1 on its own terms so that when I played through it and I finished it the first time, it just came out of it with a lot of resentment. Um, mm -hmm. So when I played Transaruby and I was, I went into that game with more of an open heart and just kind of like, looking at my surroundings a lot more, just like paying attention to every little pixel on a wall. <laughs> Cause that's what you have to do sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, then I went back and, and so I was like, okay, we're going to play through Faerun one. And I did it in under two hours without having to look up anything. Uh, and that's, and that's not because I remembered anything either because I didn't. I like when I finished that game the first time I did it out of spite and I just, I kind of let it all, I flushed it all out of my head. So when I played mm -hmm. through it again this time, I was like, oh, okay, I get where to go now. I know, I, I see the, I see that tree there. It doesn't have a stump. I know where I'm going. Um, <laughs> I, uh, this monitor allows me to see that specific color of pixels on the ground. <laughs> I can walk through that wall. <laughs> I still think walking behind the pillars is dumb. I think that's a bad. I think that's a bad way to hide progress. That one still didn't feel mm -hmm. real good. But that, but when I got there, I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna walk behind the, every pillar I fucking see. Uh, that's all I had to do there. Uh, but yeah, I played through Faerun one, and I was like, okay, this was actually really pleasant. I liked this. This was my jam. I can dig this. So I came out of that yeah. like a real positive experience. Which was like, all right, I heard that Faerun two is just a whole lot more of this. So let's dive what a, in. What a, nice, what a nice reappraisal. Thanks for coming back to this thing and kind of visiting it with this, like you said, like more of an open heart. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you had a fun time. I did. And I, I think that's really good. I think that's really dope. Yeah. Like I said, I, I can look at it now and understand that I, I didn't come to that game and I didn't try to meet it on the, on its own terms. I just kind of mm -hmm. wanted it to be something that it wasn't. And then I played it out of spite, uh, just hating it for it not being what I wanted it to be, which really mm -hmm. wouldn't really make sense uh, for what this game's doing because it's more of just a, an elaborate little puzzle box that you advance through piece by piece. Um, it's almost like the fighting is just kind of, it's just kind of like flavor. Yeah, like really. it's just like, like the fighting, like, like when you go play like Faerun Origin, it's pointless. You, like, you don't get experience or anything for killing anything. You just walk through and kill everything. Like there's not even a level <laughs> up system in Origin. 
So, like, they put all that stuff in there as flavoring. It adds a little padding to the game. It gives enemies a reason to exist. It gives screens, you know, like, it feels fun popping enemies, too. Like, that... It's a very satisfying sound when you do it. So, yes. So, I jumped into Faerun 2 and just kind of immediately was... Like, I felt it then. Like, it's like, okay, I know exactly... Like, I know the language now. Mm-hmm. And it was it was almost complete... Like, like the only times, like... That, that I really got hung up was just my preconception of things or when you get to um, the second overworld, which that's another thing that this game is. like. Whereas Faerun 1 is just like one overworld, the underground that connects directly to it, and then the tower. Um, mm-hmm. Faerun 2 is a much bigger game with like four overworlds, four undergrounds that are completely segmented and broken up into various pieces and you kind of like have to go back and forth and snake your way through this game's entire design and um and and the only time that I really got like hung up again was like my preconception of one overworld that was like it's an ice world where you got to do sliding puzzles uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> but I did not find them that that too terribly uh, difficult. It wasn't too bad. Plus, like, you can't really screw up. Like, when you have to push blocks and you push a block into the place that it's supposed to go, it just locks in there even if you leave the screen and come back. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, that, that was a really cool thing to, like, to see happen. Because, like, if you, if you move a block to somewhere it's not supposed to be and you leave and you come back and it ends up in its, you know, default position. But if you push it into the spot that it's supposed to be in, the game's nice and it'll just, like, leave it there even if you leave the screen and come back so you don't have to do the puzzle again. Um, uh, but it's just a lot more of that same Faerun flavor of being aware of your surroundings, thinking really, like, like thinking about how your items work. Like, thinking about, like, creative ways that you could use them, looking for creative pathing through each area, um, and, and, and just kind of, like, this the, the way that it kind of keeps escalating as it goes, and, and it has, like, a really big and satisfying finale. Um, mm-hmm. A lot like Transaruby, where you get to, like, the final area, and it's doing really fucking cool things. <laughs> um... Like, there, there was a puzzle, like, when you got to the final world that, like, you get to this gate, and it's like you need to figure out the, uh, the there's, like, a five-number code to get in. And they make you find that code in a real interesting way that I was just, like, kind of gobsmacked at how clever it was. Um, it's kind of like that moment in Transaruby where you're pushing a block through, and then, like, part of the walls kind of cut out. Yeah. It's like a four-digit number. Um <laughs> Like, like Faerun has that mo- has a similar has a couple of similar moments where it does this thing and then it does it again and I'm standing up in my chair applauding it when it does it again because it's such a clever and cool emotional way to handle that. Um, but yeah, like the game goes real big at the end in a way that like like, like Faerun one kind of has a cute little climax too where it does something really different uh, at the end. Um, and this does a similar thing, but it's also kind of got this little meta story going on behind it that, 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 that I don't know landed with me the way that it was supposed to. And I don't know if it's a case of just like wonky translation or I'm just not supposed to make a lot of sense of it. But I get what they were going for. Um, but it's just like, yeah, like it turns out Faerun is actually pretty rad and I was the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Paul. Like, like Faerun 2 
It's literally the best Zelda game I've played in a long, long fucking time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> like, there were so many times, like, there are so many stop points in Faerun 2, like, and only one of them hung me up. <sighs> um, But, like, like the, the thing that I thought was going to screw me over in the end are, like, you keep finding these element tablets over, mm-hmm. like, on all these areas, and there's, like, I think there's, like, eight of them in every area. And I kept thinking, like, oh, great, I'm just going to get... Yeah, I'm gonna get to the end and never be able to find the one that I'm missing, and that's it. That's the end of my progress. But like, that wasn't what hung me up. Like, I got actually one of the fucking storage devices got me. Um, <laughs> so when I was getting ready to enter the final area, like, and I was plugging it, plugging in all the storage devices, I'm missing one. Like, oh no, <laughs> and like, I didn't know where it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I started in my most immediate surroundings and thank God it was just like in what like one or two rooms away like in like the area where I got the final major power up and I could just like walk through a wall and go in there and grab the final one. Uh, but like yeah, that's the only time Faerun two hung me up was just like that one little element at the end. But yeah, like just the way this game kind of sprawls and opens itself up to you is both. It feels intimidating at first, like, because it feels like it's going to mm-hmm. be too big. It feels like you're, like, you know what the kind of language they used in the first game, and you feel like if you blow that up four times, it's either going to get really tiring, or you're going to, like, lose track of where you need to go. But mm-hmm. it's so well put together that I just, I never felt lost. I never felt like I couldn't figure out where I was, or, like, where I needed to go, or what I needed, mm-hmm. or what my goal was. I never reached a point where I didn't know what I was doing or what my goal might be. Like, uh, like every screen has a good tell of like, there's might be something you can do here later. And I was like, okay, I'll take a screenshot of that, come back to it later. And like, that did yeah. me really well. You're like um, detective working your way through the game. It like, felt you're real just, good. Just kind you're, of paying attention. Yeah, like you start feeling real smart. Mm-hmm. And guess what? No fucking piece of hearts. <laughs> no fucking piece of hearts. Everything you find in this game is vital. And that, yeah, that, that, can be, that can be both good and bad. Uh, because, again, if you come up at the end and you're missing one of those storage devices, oh, boy. I, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The storage devices Uh-oh. are the one. They, those are the one item. Like, because, like, because, like, with the elemental tablets, you know where you get those. Because those mm-hmm. are only found in the areas. Like, like you're only going to find the forest tablets in the forest area. But, like, the storage devices, there's, like, two of them in the forest area, two of them in the um, ice area, and, like, one in, like, oh, one, weird. In the, one in the fire area, and then it's just, like, if you don't know which one you didn't get, like, you would basically Uh-oh. have, you would have to comb all of the maps, because I don't know how else you would know, like, what uh, storage device you didn't get. Mm-hmm. They try yeah, to put, they bad. try to put them on the main, uh, like, like, the storage devices are decently on the main progression path like it's not hard to find them it's just the one that i missed i it was probably just me being tired because uh, i was mm-hmm. playing it later at night when i you know just kind of had already been through a day and i'm just kind of winding down my day and i just i walk right past a wall that i normally don't think i would have if i had my mm-hmm. eyeballs on a little bit more mm-hmm. um but yeah like that game's just a fucking delight <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember i remember specifically re- playing um oracle of seasons for the first time and just the whole time being like oh i wish this was Faerun. oh my god <laughs> yeah i can see that because like all uh, just all the way like i i wanted to have that explore this cool pixel world paying attention closely mm-hmm. experience 
and I just felt like all the ways that Farron rewarded me for that uh, were being kind of punished in, in comparison. Ooh, yeah, that oof. Big oof. Yeah. So Fer- Fer- that Farron just kind of became a touch point for me of like, okay, this is this is this kind of game that I actually like. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, like I was just kind of like, 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 it's kind of like that Celeste moment where, you know, you come to like appreciate this thing that like you hated it first because you, mm-hmm. you spite played it. Then you come back and it's like, no, this is actually super duper fucking dope. Fuck the legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even just saying that agree. to make people mad. I'm not saying that because John said it. I'm legit. Like legend of Zelda is just real boring to me now. <laughs> um, so when I, like, as I was getting my way through Faerun 2, it was lighting me up the same way that, like, Zelda 3 lit me up when I was playing that when I was a kid. And it felt real Aww. good. It That's felt so cool. real fucking good to go back and, like, to feel that same energy, but be, but being, but getting it from something new. Uh, it just mm-hmm. felt really fucking cool. Like, that, that is really how I would describe Faerun 2's world is I really think it has a lot of link to the past energy but it cuts mm-hmm. off the fat mm-hmm. yeah I, I specifically um I've been watching a lot of link to the of um link to the past footage randomizer footage randomizer and just stuff, kind of been yeah. having been having a lot of fun like kind of remembering like oh shit I really liked just ha- having a big mm-hmm. pretty pixel world to walk around mm-hmm. there's something real nice about that there's something just real pleasing about that i think yeah. and, and fair is very good at that for yeah me. yeah yeah so hey transaruby kind of like opened my eyes to 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 a company that I'd really kind of just i was really unfair to like, i can like, i mean that's really all i can say is i was, I was really unfair to fairun one like that stream i deleted it and everything i was just mad oh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's wild i know i trashed it on the podcast when uh we talked about it and now like here i am like a couple years later just like no nah, like i've gone soft gone soft gone I, soft i think i, <laughs> I, think I, I mean I, I mean i am a plushie so <laughs> uh, shit, you did go soft ah! yeah farron farron too was just man that that really like it lit me up it gave me that like that link to the past energy that I felt from a Zelda game in years, and it was just so nice feeling your way, like kind of getting pushed, like 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 pushed through that world gently, just by your own exploration, and just like okay, these are the items I have, this is what I can do, like just look at one little thing, one problem at a time, keep your eyes peeled, you'll get through it, it'll be fine. Cool, that's so awesome. Yeah, I also played. Thank you for sharing that adventure with us. I also played Kamiko. Or Kami, yeah, Kami, 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 Kami. Um, that's their um, their sort of arcadey speed run hack and slashy kind of game. They made an actual action game. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Made an finally. actual action game where you know you're swinging a sword around, or you're you're tossing a, a shield around and stabbing things with a dagger, or you're shooting a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three characters in that game that you can play through as. The game doesn't change, uh, and there's no like incentive to play the game all th- you know all the way through with all characters. So I just I played through as Yamato. Um, which is she just got big sword and hit things, and I mean, it's fine. I wasn't really wowed mm-hmm. by it. I wasn't 
Like, 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 it uses a lot of similar language to Faerun, but it does it in an arcade format where it's just like, yeah, there's going to be like weird walls you can walk through sometimes, or maybe some like mm-hmm. small puzzles for you to solve. But it's mostly just about going, you know, one area to another, getting a key, carrying that key without getting hit, and then throwing some orbs and some switches. And yeah, like, it's, a, it's a, it's an okay game. Like, it's five bucks. Like, that was kind of my experience with it. it was just like, oh, I was really hoping for something more like Farron 2. Like, everybody <laughs> I talked to, was that. I remember asking everybody I know that played it, hey, do you know if there's any incentive at all for finishing the game with all three characters? And then, like, everybody I talked to is like, I only played with Yamato. <laughs> <laughs> Including me. <gasps> Including John. John, yep. Ghosty, and another friend of mine, all, all three people I know that played it, and they were all just like, yeah, I only played as Yamato, and I never played again. <laughs> like, oh, okay. That's about, yeah, that tracks. That's what I'm going to do. Why that character <laughs> specifically, you think? I don't know. Like, I I, I chose Yamato because I was just like, like, like I was just going to, like, play all three of them if there was an incentive to do it. So I was okay, I'm just going to start at the left and then move to the right. I don't know why I didn't play uh-huh. as Uzume. Like, there's an Uzume character. Um, and then Hinome is basically Hope Girl from uh, Faerun, so <laughs> yeah, it, it is fine. Well, you you have you've experienced the skip more oeuvre aside from the flash games that are gone forever. The now. flash oh. games that are gone forever <laughs> and the weird like farming thing that they're doing. Yeah, that I will, here, but that's still in early access. Yeah, and I will, I'll think about if I, I want to play. I will never it. play that because I have just no interest <laughs> at all whatsoever in that genre. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years later, here's why their farming game is different from the others. It really hit me up. Stardew Valley, what? You're not like other. You're not like other farming games. Nah, like I, 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 man, it had to be something crazy to get me into a game like that. I don't know, like what you would have to tell me that would get me into a game like that. But that is just like I, that ain't for what me. If there's, hey, what if there's block pushing puzzles? Oh God damn! Well, sign me up. God, you know how much I love those. <laughs> I love how Kamiko has block pushing puzzles, but they're literally block pushing puzzles you can't fail. <laughs> so here, push it one way, and then it just zooms into the place that it's supposed to go. Oh my god, it's very funny. It's made, hey, this it made this for Polly. We knew Polly was gonna be by. That would be a good joke in a game where it's like actually it looks like a really it looks complicated like a big complicated it, puzzle, and you and then push just one goes, block, just, <laughs> just bounces right to the correct position. That's a great idea, Rhett gonna have to use that in a video game now yeah <laughs> i'm looking at freezing inferno's cute new vtuber avatar it's very nice oh everybody's a vtuber now baby it's just the world you gotta live in when are y'all getting animated when are y'all getting uh, animated uh pings or models when is it happening never never I'm anti VTuber now. Rhett, what if what if we hooked you up a really nice Hibiki? <laughs> Why would I want to be Hibiki? Be Hibiki. Oh no, it's happening again. Be Hibiki. Be Hibiki. No, this is not real. Be Hibiki. Be Hibiki. Be Hibiki. Be. Why am I saying? What beep 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 beep? Hey Raven, how's it going? Waving. Somebody's watching. Some good pal waving. Waving the VTuber. Look at Rhett. You are surrounded by VTuber pussy, and you just don't. You swimming in it. Ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs>
I have returned. You have! How's it going? We were talking about VTuber pussy. I caught that. Yeah. Since <laughs> nobody's watching, we just decided, hey, I wonder, wonder what that looks like. What is the anatomy of VTuber pussy? I mean, there is that one. <laughs> I take that back. There is a VTuber that I follow that uses Chatterbait, so I could probably know. Do you follow Mel? Huh? Melody? Oh, wait. Melody has... Melody does oh, Chatterbait? Maybe there's another VTuber who does porn now as well. No, there's a... Well, I mean, she, I don't follow big VTubers, right? So yeah. you're, you're probably, you know, you're probably looking for bigger ones than I am. Is all I'm saying. Like I like I follow people <laughs> relatively small. I can't keep True. up. I can't keep up with big VTubers. It's too much. I'm saying there's one project Melody was like the one doing it in like February 2020 of like, hey, I'm on Shatterbait and all the other girls are freaking out that oh. there's a VTuber on here. Oh, all right, right, right. No, this is another girl that I know. Okay. Uh, that so that door has been opened now and it yeah. will never be shut again. That's yeah, fine. I'm here for it. Look, man, there's a market for it. Okay. It's fine. Absolutely. This is a sex, sex positive podcast. Exactly. We are. I mean, I think that we've got to be one of the most sex positive podcasts. If I'm being <laughs> honest, Dante's going to be doing point. the charts and graphs for us to research the anatomy <laughs> of a VTuber pussy. So we're in good hands. We got Pete. We got our top men are on this. Top men are on the the subject of VTuber pussy, and once the results are in, you can bet that this is the first podcast. Where you will be hearing about it. John Thire. That's me. Hey. What? You know. <laughs> oh shit, I should talk I should have, I should talk about I mean, media. John, like how 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 I now I know you're now I know something's wrong. I called I call on John and his first instinct isn't literally to just start talking about himself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> my boy is my boy is really feeling it now. <sighs> well, I played um, so, 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 remember, so remember in December, mm -hmm. the great RPG abstaining of December, mm. 2021. I remember you doing that, that. Yeah, I finished, I finished a venical, like, let me see here. I've got, I've got the, re let me pull up the the records. The here. actual, the official records on the eventical. I finished it. I, I knew exactly when it was December 6th. I finished mm -hmm. a venicle, mm -hmm. and then I decided I, I, I ran the numbers and I had played through 12 RPGs that oh, year. That's a lot of RPGs. 12, like 12 full length RPGs, like 20 plus hour RPGs mm -hmm. um, in 2021. And it, was, and it was your favorite one. And Eventical was absolutely my favorite one. We ended on a high note, but y'all, that's, hey y'all. It's so much. That's too many fucking that's RPGs. It's so many <laughs> RPGs, John. It's much different than diving into a 100-hour visual novel series. Uh, visual novels are different because they're better. Uh, you um, got a point. I'm not. You're not gonna. I'm not gonna be the one arguing that point. So I, I finished Eventical, and I was just. And also, I didn't play like any long VNs last year. It was like just games where you have to fight a lot of random encounters. Right. Yeah. Over and over. And yeah, so. I played a lot of them, and a lot of them left me a pretty cold, which didn't help. Right. Um, 
So I, I, I abstained. Um, in while over Christmas, I briefly I spent twenty minutes and started up Disgaea mm-hmm. and was like, "This is it. I'm gonna get into Disgaea." And then I was like, I got to the first fight and I was like, remembered it was an SRPG. It was like, nope, no Disgaea for John. Thank you very uh, much. Nah. This world seems cute, but I'm not not here for this. I'm sorry. Yeah, this um, guy requires a mindset that I just don't have. I don't think. I don't know what the mindset is. I think it is being. It, I think it might be being sadder than I am right now for me. Okay, yeah. Like John is sad, but he's not this guy is sad yet. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not fake grand order sad either. I almost booted up fake grand order that was about where i was at at the start of january pretty bottom of the barrel there that's pretty rock bottom um um, i've got i've got two more arcs of fake grand order i have the 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 babylon which has my goddess in it and i've got the final arc of the first season and then hopefully my soul will be at peace after that and i can let go of gotcha games forever right 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 um but i didn't play that i didn't play fake grand order i was like i want to play an rpg on my phone Mm mm-hmm but I don't want to play Fake Grand Order. No. And it came, and it came to me in a flash. It had been over a month since I played an RPG, and the time was ripe. And I said, "I want to play the Pixel Remaster of Final Fantasy 3. Oh, hey, those I've heard lot of good buzz about them. Their Pixel Remasters. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, well, first off, I've never played Final Fantasy 3 all the way through. I oh, actually really? got. What I'm realizing was very far into it, like uh-huh. two thirds through as a kid. Uh-huh. And then I borked my save file because instead of saving with um, instead of saving with ins and whatnot, I was just dropping a save on my D. I was playing it on my DS on NES DS. Oh, uh, no. I was just drop a save state. And then I dropped a save state right before the Garuda fight. <laughs> oh, that's bad. It was real bad. I was just like, I'm gonna switch everybody to Dragoon, Uh-oh. and I'm gonna be, and, and we're gonna be good to go. And then I got into the fight, and I was not prepared. Yeah, there's no and recourse for that. My last actual save was like hard save was like ten hours earlier, and I was like, well, that's the save file. Sorry. Oh. So I, I did not finish Final Fantasy three, but I did get a good sense of like the the flavor of it the the pacing the the art Final Fantasy three Ness is fucking gorgeous hell yeah it um, is that is an all time that is just absolute breathtaking Ness game like you you can it feels so much of the flavor of like Final Fantasy four was there in Final Fantasy three yeah. just like like musically it's already and there yeah. the, the just everything about Final Fantasy three on NES is just like feel if that that game feels like the first time where they really got what they were going for in terms of getting uh final fantasy its own unique identity i think yeah like i think final fantasy one is still fucking great because it's just like this very good classic dungeon crawler like i i I think it probably pulls a lot from wizardry Mm -hmm. um and i think it's great at being that final fantasy 3 feels like final fantasy um and that's one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. i kind of (laughs) forgot yeah Final Fantasy is one of my favorite things. Four was one of my first RPGs. Um, I replayed five, six, and seven pretty recently and loved all of them. Um, I love like four through seven is like one of my favorite runs of RPGs ever. And I hadn't played three somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and then Final Fantasy III is just so I, I played through the whole thing on the Pixel Remaster, and just speaking about the game itself, um, like the the core Final Fantasy III there, like this is exactly that. It's setting the stage for all those other things I love in Final Fantasy four, five, six, seven, seven. Like it is a series of cool set pieces and original, clever boss designs and encounters and gimmicks and cute one-off interactions and weird shit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got so many memorable moments and weird things about its setting, like how the first 10 hours takes place on like, well, I played on the Pixel Remaster, so like the first six hours takes place on this floating continent. And then you finally get an airship that lets you just fly off the edge. And you're suddenly in this massive world map that is mostly empty water. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Hell yeah. So like, Oh, remember when Final Fantasy VII had the whole first chunk of the game in this one section, and then you expand and realize there's a whole world map outside of that. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, they did that. <laughs> um, there's just so much fun. Like, the way it's not, it doesn't feel so much focused on, like, the resource management dungeon crawl. Um, that's still definitely a huge part of it. Oh, for sure. But... Now it feels like this is the dungeon where you have to cast mini on everybody and switch everybody to magic mage classes because I like because that shit. To, that's absolutely fun as hell. This is the this is the boss where the all the where the NPCs are saying, you know, Garuda is weak against the dragoons. Jump right before him, <laughs> and the and the shops all have dragoon equipment, and you're like, hmm, what should I do here? There, there, there's the boss that switches weak points. This is the first like Final Fantasy weak point switching yeah. boss. Yep. So you switch one of the characters to Scholar so they can scan what the weaknesses. Um, it's so like there's so much. There's enemies that if you hit them with anything other than specific attacks, they multiply. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what else? There's just like all these cute gimmicks. Um, the bosses feel like meaningful. There are frequent and differentiated in a way they had not been prior. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like they're setting the stage for like all the cool bosses in four and five. Mm-hmm. Um, the final boss is it just uses one really strong AOE move every single turn. <laughs> it fucking rules. <laughs> just rips ass. Um and hey hey you remember in Xenogears where the final boss <laughs> it rip ass <laughs> it whipped ass every turn <laughs> is rip ass right did it slap is it, butt is rip ass anything no, did I make that up no the kids say slap butt now no it's a smack butt smack I know whip ass is something but no, I think rip ass is smack something. butt John it's smack butt I bet I'm right no. Um, <laughs> You are not the cool hip with it teenager that you were a year ago, John. That's true. I'm like, I'm like, um, <laughs> uh, Raven Gifta says I'm ripping ass now. is when you got a nasty fart. Well, it, 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 it is awesome. Um, it rips ass, but it's a good fart. You're just like, you get it. Like, man, I am stuffing my face between them cheeks. That smells like tacos. Um, oh, it's just me, isn't it? Just me. <laughs> <laughs> so just like Xenogears, the final boss um, has four sub-bosses around it, mm-hmm. and you want to fight those sub-bosses because fighting them dramatically weakens the main boss. Mm. But it's still very hard. Yep. <laughs> just kind of makes it possible, essentially. 
Um, and then the, all those bosses are awesome and differentiated. Like this is this is the first, like this is the Final Fantasy final um, like boss gauntlet, um, where there's just a bunch of cool new bosses in the last dungeon. Like I, I, I was just in love with this game. Like I just had so much, I felt completely at home. I was playing just classic, awesome Final Fantasy. Like perfect essence Final Fantasy, really. Just the yeah. pure distilled shit. Slap it in my veins. Let's go. Yep. Um, I will say, dungeons are a little lame. <laughs> yeah, I remember not liking the dungeon designs much at all. Like, Final Fantasy 1 has these massive... Um, very differentiated dungeons. Like the one that my brain goes back to is Gurgu Volcano. Yeah. Every floor of that dungeon looks really different. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like there's all these completely different shapes. They did enough to how, make them. How they set up that world. They did enough to make them feel like places. Is the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they feel like, like places. And, and they're. Go ahead. And Final Fantasy three maps are like I opened RPG Maker and pressed the randomize button. It, it's it's almost not even that where it's like. There's barely any. There's like every every dungeon is a straight line, and yeah. then it'll like it is a straight line that will splinter off yeah. for one short path that then terminates in, in a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. Like it is that, and it pretty much stays that the entire game. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy One, um, was more varied and interesting in the shapes, and also it just felt like a little more sprawl. Like I guess it was like. You do this floor, then you do this floor, then you do this floor. Like a Dragon Quest, it will be like jumping back and forth between all these different floors. More of a real maze, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And you just don't get that in... You definitely don't get that in Final Fantasy 3. No. Um, and Final Fantasy like 5 and 6 and 7, the dungeons are all really linear. Chrono Trigger, the dungeons are all really linear. But they're full of like cool set pieces and unique moments and scripted sequence scripted bits. Mm-hmm. So they're like full, like the final, bo- the final dungeon in five is just a, a straight line, but there's like seven bosses yeah, that all have like cute introductions and their own little story and then their own really creative gimmick. Um, and there's a bunch of little puzzle bits and there's all this stuff going on so that the straight line is not boring. Yeah. Final Fantasy three. They haven't really done that yet. Hmm. Um, and I feel like four's dungeons are just like a little bit deeper, a little bit more willing to break from that. And Ford also just has the verticality stuff where you're going up and down stairs in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the, they don't feel as flat. Dun- Final Fantasy three's dungeons feel very flat. Yeah. So all, all those things together. Um, I feel like that's kind of a weakness here is that the dungeon mapping is not very, um, enthralling yeah. the the actual the actual arc of getting through the enemy encounters and then the boss at the end is always really good, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't particularly like that bit about it. Um, uh, somebody pointed out um, that Final Fantasy II's dungeons are just like they, those feel like you just pressed randomize on RPG Maker because every it, there, there's there's a, they're way more sprawling. And there's a lot more paths and whatnot, and also every map feels the same yeah. in Final Fantasy. Yeah, II. yeah. So Final Fantasy three felt like okay, we're going to be a little more focused. We're not going to waste your time, but we're also not going to do anything good either. <laughs> so that's kind of my that's kind of my 
screed there on the mapping. Mm. Um, it, it was nice. It helped me kind of think about what I want out of RPG mapping. Mm. Um, so Final Fantasy III is very good. I'm excited. I'll probably play the NES version someday. Um, if you get elixirs in in the base game, so the in the Pixel Remaster, you get um, you can heal your HP and MP after every fight before the final the final boss, um, which, as I understand, it was an addition. Yeah. Um, but I had so many elixirs. Um, I had like fifteen or so elixirs, which which healed up the spell slots. Yeah. If those are in the original game, then I think I probably would have been fine even without that, honestly, mm-hmm. because I, I could have re- just refilled like one of the healers. And then healed everybody up yeah, and just, been yeah. good as new with like one of my 15 elixirs. I'm not sure that the original game has that many elixirs, but I have not played yeah. that game in almost 20 years. So mm-hmm. you all right. So here's the here's the pixel remaster stuff. Um, A, the nightmare is that it's going to be like Final Fantasy Dawn of Souls. Yeah. Because um, Dawn of Souls, it took for Final Fantasy one, it took out the spell slots, gave everybody MP. And then in like the fourth town, you can buy others for 150 gold. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's no resource management. You just have infinite MP. Yeah. Um, but but the random encounters are still just as frequent. Oh yeah, for sure. Super fun, awesome, love that. That's oh, yeah. that's definitely a good way to play Final Fantasy One. Um, the 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 ideal is that it plays like Final Fantasy Origin, which. Right rebalance things has like um quality of life changes that are nice mm-hmm. um but is still the essence is still there um i think the pixel remaster probably falls a, a lot closer to the origin side of things as far as the balancing is concerned um the big thing that completely borks the balancing um is that you can quick and you can quick save anywhere you want oh um, yeah and you even autosave like every time you enter a room, but you can also just completely ignore that if you want. Yeah, like, like that's you don't very... have to use that those options. No, mm-hmm. like it's there, and so that's going to annoy some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just opt out of that. That is very that is not an ignorable. That is not a um, non ignorable balance change. So if you want the the hard ass save and then do the whole thing in one go and then beat the boss, like you can still play it that way cool um i i'm sure you get a lot more i i barely i i grind the the nice thing for me is that i got my ass kicked um quite a few times Mm -hmm. like i got to several bosses and was like they beat my beat me beat my ass and then i was like okay i'm gonna go grind for a little bit and i'm gonna go fiddle with my jobs and see if there's some new equipment i can get and then come back in and try it again and that was very satisfying. Like it, it, however, however they rebalanced it, they basically just kind of made it feel like a normal good RPG. Right, is kind of how it felt to me. Like mm-hmm. it was, it, it never felt like I had to grind too much. It always was just like, okay, I'll just do a little bit here, and, and then the game like stayed tense up through the very end. Like, am I going to be okay for the final boss? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I beat it. And it was very pleasing. Um, you can't buy elixirs. You can't buy others. Um, they take out the penalty for swapping a job. Um, 
that in, in the original NES version, you have to spend current. You you get C, CP. You get CP. like a special currency. Yeah. That you spend to change jobs, and that is stupid. Yeah, it's not it's not conducive <laughs> to to experimenting. Like Mary Skelter has a similar thing where yeah. you have to earn job rights, and I just I hate yeah. it. Yeah. And then in, apparently in the DS remake, you get like job change sickness so for like a certain number of fights after you change jobs you're just like at half stats oh my god and that's and guess what that's even stupider that's real you're changing, dumb. because when you're changing a job you're changing it because i want to fight this boss that needs this specific job now so the summoning sickness is just like oh well okay now i have to arbitrarily fight six fights when i w- could have just fought the boss so that's even that's even dumber yeah this game just lets you Swap that swap whenever, um, and I think that's a very I think that's a change that takes out none of the interesting frictions yeah. of the original. Yeah, like that's not an interesting friction. It's just dumb. Yeah. Um, something I don't like is that there's job levels. Um, right. So in yeah. Final in Final Fantasy V, you're building character builds. Yeah. Like they're learning things. They're they're becoming. You're you're you are building them. They're becoming like following certain archetypes the abilities you teach them mm-hmm. shape how you use them in fights and you're yeah. generally not you're generally not changing your jobs to deal with one specific encounter not a lot fight. no like you're you're it's a way to build the kind of party you want um in final fantasy 3 the whole point is that you're changing jobs constantly yeah yeah this you need a dark knight for this dungeon you need a you need to all be spellcasters for this dungeon you need yeah. a scholar for this dungeon yeah, like the, the, the job I, I, system is the big thing, and they wanted to make it a big part of your of, of mm-hmm. the main progress of the game. Yeah, and I think that the job levels don't really add anything. No, like, it's just kind of uh, arbitrary numbers. Yeah, like it, it gives you, it lets you deal a little more damage. It lets you makes you, like if you're a healer class, your healing does more. Um, but your the, your main stats are still only affected by your main level. Um, and I and I looked, and this was in the original. Um, and I just think it's, I just think yeah, it's a bad idea. It's I think not, that it would have been better to, yeah. I, I was never a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was never obtrusive. Like it doesn't seem like the job levels honestly matter that much. No. And the, the big worry for me was that I wouldn't have enough time to level up the sage and ninja classes at the end. And I had plenty. I, I, I was, I got to a perfectly nice level by the end. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so the job levels didn't really matter. I just was annoyed that they were there at all. Um, so yeah, the, the balancing, like you can't just buy others. You can't just buy elixirs. So spell slots still matter. Um, you get a lot of spell slots, like you get like 30, 30 to 40 level one and two spell slots. Yeah. Um, so you never, it's not like Final Fantasy one where you're just kind of like, you just chill in the back there. Y'all let let the fighters take care of this for, you can actually, you can actually make magic, you know, a a key part Mm -hmm. of your arsenal and not feel like you're wasting precious resources. Yeah. Um and again, I don't know how much the elixirs are a part of the original game, yeah. but um if they're at all as plentiful as I ended with like 12 extras in my inventory. So if they're at anywhere near as plentiful in the NES game, then um I think the the last gauntlet is probably pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um so yeah, like the balance like how, however they double the numbers or whatever, um it, it, it wound up with it just feeling like this is not a really hard ass classic NES game. No. Um, 
But what it does feel like is a good, fun RPG. Yeah. Uh, it they however they eat, babied it up like it left me very satisfied with it as just a game. And and also you get a run button, you can run. Um, like um, the interface is all cleaned up. Like I said, you you don't get you don't have to spend currency to change jobs. Yeah. Um, you have a map. Um, the end result is that it's a game that flows very quickly. I, f- I finished with like, I think 13 hours. Oh, wow. It was like 12 or 13. That's pretty good. Like, I remember <laughs> that. I remember any iteration of Final Fantasy typically taking 20, 25 hours. Mm-hmm. So you I mean, haven't that's finished a long, So you haven't finished a long JRPG this year. Because <laughs> you said 20 earlier. That's true. Mm. Um, when I when I replayed Final Fantasy IV on Advance, um, my last time was like fourteen hours. Like oh, I think yeah. once you once you pull once back you on know, the numbers just a yeah. little bit, and you, yeah. you pull back on the numbers, you give a run button, and then the run it's button just, especially makes things a lot nicer. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just like I, I I wanted to play Final Fantasy III for a long time. I was not ready at any point for what I knew was going to be a pretty long and grueling classic hard RPG. Yeah. Um, because with Final Fantasy 1, I can play the Origins version. Um, with 3, there was there was no real option. There was the DS remake, which is completely different and ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to play it. It's I played through it, and it just kind of is a, an, a one year, in one ear and out the other game for me, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that or the NES version. Um, and what the, what the pixel remaster was, was just like, I want to play Final Fantasy three origin. I want to play Final Fantasy three advance. Um, and I got that. I got that exactly. Nice. Um, and, and it was just a fucking blast. I just had so much fun. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah. Um, if you're playing it on phones, there's a couple interface things. Like, obviously, the font is really, really small. Oh, the font's um, really bad. At least you can... Fucking, yeah. I know that, like, when John started, he was like, I don't want to hear anybody say shit about the fonts. Because <laughs> it was all people talked about. Dude, oh the font is so very bad. bad. It's, it's very the most fucking bad. Like, the, it came out, and it was everyone was just like, oh, all these sprites are hideous. Look, I've mathed out why these sprites are less appealing than See, the original I didn't sprites. Get, like, the only shit that I saw was... The only things I ever saw about these pixel remasters on my timeline was, holy shit, this music fucking slaps, and yep. oh my god, okay. this font is from a book. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I, I only... I was like... My time, I was really, really negative when they got announced. It was like that's real. Well, I mean, you follow a bunch of people. Real. You follow a bunch of people that look at it and go, and "Go, what if Chrono Trigger's bad?" Actually, <laughs> you have a lot of people like that on your timeline. So that's true, and I share it, and I and I love them to bits. Um, Someone has but, to, <laughs> and I love them to bits. Um, but I was just kind of like, yo. Why are you being mean? These look these look nice. <laughs> and then I played it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this fucking rule." Yeah, I'm like 100 um, percent okay with the game's graphics and like the way that they did the sprites. It's just the font I think is miserable. Yeah. But yep, and, and I just got used to it because like it, it never like uh, my uh, like it's definitely too small. But I'm not. I was on my phone, so I couldn't um, mod it or anything. So oh. that. 
So I just got used to it. Yeah, it was fine. Um, the one big thing is that this game relies a lot on hidden passages oh, in yeah. the wall. Yeah. Um, which I which I love. I loved it in four. Just like in way five. to rip off Faerun, am I right? Am I right? Now the thing is, this game has two control options, and that's tap to move. Oh. You just tap on the spot and then they pathfind over to that spot. Yeah. And you have a joystick. You you have a virtual, a joystick. virtual joystick. Which are always fantastic. <laughs> So uh-huh. I, I like the tap to move option. Yeah. But they, I mean, this is probably the only way they could have done it. The tap to move pathfinding cannot, does cannot, not account yeah. for hidden passages. It can't go through hidden passages. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, so I tap right in front of where I know the hidden passage is because they're all telegraphed. And then, you and switch then I to switch. The yeah. And then I switch oh, to the joystick. Wait. And then move through the passage. And then I get out and I switch back to tap to move. <gasps> So you can't complete the game with tap to move. No, that's kind of horrific. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. But I mean, I mean, what's the alternative? Like, it just completely makes if you can tap to move in. If you just there's another area that's separated by an invisible pathway, and then you tap on that area, and then your character is like, "Oh, there's the invisible pathway." Like, well, from the character's perspective, they should be able to see yeah, it. Yeah, they should be able to see. I think that would be a totally fine solution. <laughs> I don't know. I, I it, it was it was weird, and it's only going to be weird on the phones. Right, and yeah. nobody listening to this is going to play and it on the phones. Nobody's playing these on the phones except John. Yeah. Um. So I, but I, I liked it a lot. Um. And then I immediately started Final Fantasy IX because that also has a phone. Oh jeez. Oh boy. Um. I've only played a little bit of it, but I'm excited because I love Final Fantasy again. And I forgot how much I love Final Fantasy. I love Final and, Fantasy. I just don't have a lot of love in my heart for Final Fantasy Nine. Well, the one thing is that it's, I don't have a lot of hate in my heart for Final Fantasy Nine. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, the the big things here: um, the phone version has a has a fast forward option. Oh, you're playing it on the um, phone. Yeah, I'm playing it on the phone. I was thinking about playing it elsewhere, but I realized I wanted to play it on my phone. Right. Um, that's the only way I want to play any RPGs ever. Actually. If it's not on phones, then it doesn't exist to me anymore. See you, Trails. Is it? So See wait, you, East. Is, is, what about it? No, no, no. The most important one, Eventical 2. See you, oh, Eventical shit. 2. Ugh, good point. Yeah. Eventical was the gotcha. worst one. Eventical was the worst one because like, it, it's not just a you, ha- you can't play it on your phone. Eventical, you have to use the mouse. So I played a 50-hour game <gasps> with the mouse, oh, which wow. is completely unheard of for me. Uh, That's how much I enjoyed that game. <laughs> Did they make it so you could play with one hand? Absolutely. They better have. Oh, wait, did Oh, I see. Or else, what's this fucking game for? <laughs> so that was my Final Fantasy. I'll hopefully have more Umineko and more Final Fantasy adventures. I, I look like the, um, it looks like your next few episodes for the show are a little planned out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty pleased. I'm yeah. in my. You got a hole. I'm in my <laughs> Ryukishi Final Fantasy happy place right yeah. now. You got a happy hole. <laughs> What's that fucking meme? The AC is on. He has Final Fantasy. <laughs> Final Fantasy. <laughs> <and Omineko. laughs> he say he is safe and happy. I play Final Fantasy when I'm having a bad day. But John, you play Final Fantasy every day. <laughs> God, so that's that's been my that's right. been my adventures. Right. Right. 
Hi. Hey, rat. I've got an adventure. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, like Cold Steel, this is a game I started in November. Oh, jeez. And this one I haven't finished yet. Oh, dear. I kept being like, oh, the next area is probably the last one for like four areas in a row. And I'm like, oh, actually it was half the game, huh? Um, I've been playing Half-Life Alex. Oh, wow. Yeah. You've yeah. Been playing this. Which has its own saga of, Rhett, how are you playing Half-Life Alex? How are you playing Half-Life Alex? Uh, I bought a VR headset for the PC. All right! Yeah! You did it! Which you two are keenly aware of for various reasons. I mean, I don't know um, what you're talking about. You're talking about yeah. Half-Life all the fucking time. <laughs> just won't shut up about it. It's the game of the year! I do all my Half-Life tweets at like 5 a.m. And only John sees them. It's very cute. <laughs> uh, so I did not get the Valve Index, though. No. That's the $1,000 premium Valve headset that kind of launched alongside this game. Yeah. Uh, I got, just for anyone curious, I got the HP Reverb G2 Mm. on a Black Friday sale, so it was under half the price of the Yeah, the deal you got on that was actually pretty incredible. And apparently they, like, did a stealth revision over the summer, and I'm pretty sure I have the stealth version too, which, like, changed... Changed a few very minor things about like the cord, but like they didn't even give it like a new product number. Like people have a real hard time telling which one oh, they have. So it's one of those so like, you can't really tell. It's like something about the tracking is better now, and it's like, well, if I have the new one, good, like cool. But things I'm seem not to be working stri- at least. Yeah, it seems to be working. Uh, so VR on the PC though is. A whole thing. It's it's weird. So in the beginning, there was the Oculus. I think the Oculus Rift was kind of the first big consumer VR headset. Mm -hmm. So everything was made for the Oculus. And then there was like the Vive, which is the one Valve got behind. And then there was the Index, which is like the actual Valve made one. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, there's been other versions of the Oculus. And now there's the Oculus Quest which is like also Oculus has their own storefront and that then they got bought by Facebook and like there's weird compatibility shit is what I'm saying is that Resident Evil 4 VR is only for the Quest 2 because fuck everybody else I guess and like I remember when Oculus was kind of the main one, people were like finding ways to buy games on the Oculus store and then run them on other headsets using like compatibility stuff. Mm. (laughs) And then there's like having GameCube emulators in VR using, you know, compatibility layers and like running like Unreal Engine games through compatibility software to get them in VR. There's just a world of headache out there basically and like this so the headset i got is not an oculus or an index or you know a valve supported one it is a thing called windows mixed reality which i had not heard of until i bought this that yeah i had not heard that either so basically there was this turf war between oculus and valve and microsoft came in and said me too (laughs) that's basically exactly what happened so now there's three now there are three competing standards (laughs) 
So luckily, they play nice with Valve as much as they can, is from what I can tell. Okay. So like Steam VR has there's a program. The one I use on Steam is called like Windows Mixed Reality for Steam VR. You launch that, and it simultaneously and it will simultaneously launch the Windows Mixed Reality app and Steam VR at the same time in a way that they will communicate with each other. The reason that they can't just do native Windows Mixed Reality in Steam VR is because they have completely opposite tracking methods. The way the index Weird. and like PlayStation hmm? Weird. Okay. Yeah. So the Just way the technology. Yeah. Basically there's like lighthouse tracking and there's inside out tracking. What that means is that like the PlayStation VR looked at you with a camera. So it just saw you, and the camera didn't have a particularly wide field of vision. Uh, the index uses a similar thing where you have these devices that you put in your room, and it like scans the whole thing with lasers to see where you are. Right. So basically, those are those are two technologies where the cameras look at you. The headset I have is the opposite, where the cameras are in the headset and they look around the room to do your. Um, the cameras look around the room and like to measure like distant, like it measures the floor and stuff and goes, yeah. And I think that's how the Oculus Quest 2 works as well is where it has cameras inside because that thing is just a headset. Like it doesn't connect to a PC or anything. Mm -hmm. So in general, people want that technology, the one where it's just like, hey, the cameras are in the thing and you can use it anywhere. But the tracking isn't quite as good is the thing. Like, mm -hmm. having the cameras, like, the lighthouses that the Valve uses, those are, like, the real shit, like, for perfect tracking. So the problem is, is that, you know, like, you have these technologies that work differently, and then on Steam, like, games will say, like, oh, it's VR compatible. What does that mean? Oh, it works with the Oculus, the Valve, but not the Windows Mixed Reality ones. So, like, there's different, like, compatibility tabs on mm -hmm. the Storefront, which I'm very thankful for because boy, you don't want to buy something and then you know, for like however much, like, yeah. Because on the Steam sale, I was like looking at stuff like this better work because I'm not going to play it for two weeks and then they, they don't want you refunding it. Mm -hmm. The weirdest one I saw is that the game Gal Gun has VR versions, <laughs> so. Extremely good. All right. So there, there's the original Galgun and then Galgun Double Piece. And mm -hmm. then they released a third game called Galgun VR on Steam. Okay. Uh, that one works with all three platforms, you know, Valve Index or Oculus and Windows Mixed Reality. Mm -hmm. But for, and people said that game is like, it's a test bed for what they're building into Galgun 2. Galgun 2 comes out with a VR mode, does not support the headset I have. For some reason, whatever happened between VR and 2, they took out official support for Windows Mixed Reality. <laughs> so a whole bunch of the Steam reviews are like, hey, here's how you can get it working. And they link, you know, executable, like, compatibility stuff. And I'm just like, nope, fuck it. This is, if it doesn't work out of the box, I really you don't want to fuck with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's fair. But it's just like, Two games in the same series by the same developer, you know, on, on both on Steam. One works, one doesn't. That's weird. 
Yeah, so like VR in general feels like the nightmare of PC gaming that people who don't PC game always kind of think it's like. It's like taking that and actually making it real. Because it's basically like, what if some games worked on NVIDIA cards only? Oh, that's <laughs> that that's fantastic. Which yeah. I'm sure that's something they've tried to do for years. Yeah. <laughs> but like which headset you buy the consolidation of computers like that's definitely like the that's that's some people's ideal yeah Mm -hmm. but that's definitely is what happens in the vr space because of the technology where it's like oh this game only works on oculus quest 2 while this game only works on the valve index cool yeah but again like the like when you first install like the windows mixed reality thing it shows you a little teaser video and half-life alex is like the first game in it (laughs) like they are they are at least kind of on one side clearly where they are doing what they can to work with yeah Valve on stuff. So mm-hmm. Half Life Alex, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like hundreds of dollars cool, but it's like <laughs> hey, if you're buying a VR headset for a PC, obviously like this is kind of like get this one. Yeah, this sounds like yeah. the big tent game that if you're lo- like if you need that AAA sixty dollar video game yeah. experience and you need it out of your headset you're not going to get it much else but you will get it from half-life alex i mean there's basically no other games that have had this level of no. you know production right. value put into it like that's the thing that really kind of blows me away about this consistently is that it's gorgeous like <sighs> because i played on i've done vr on uh the playstation vr which is you know ps4 was getting a little long in the tooth and then yeah. you have to scale things way yeah. back for vr like everything was like like the really stylized games like super hot or like res looked really cool and then you play something like skyrim that goes for a more realistic art style and it's like oh i'm inside like a ps2 remake of skyrim oh no <laughs> like anything that tried to have air quote good or realistic <laughs> graphics looked worse than like the really heavily stylized stuff like super hot you know that's already looks like polygons like that's the art style it looks fine in vr yeah alex looks so much better than i remember half-life 2 looking like obviously it is actually a big upgrade but i remember when it was first announced i was like oh they're gonna make half-life 2 vr cool and it's like oh no they made you know a modern day half-life what you'd expect that to look like and then it's also in vr and you're actually there does this feel like Half-Life oh, 3? No, because it's a prequel. <laughs> it is set between 1 and 2. One and two right. <laughs> I've heard the ending goes crazy. I don't know what that means. I always have... A, my brain just always went to, oh, there's going to be some time travel shenanigans so that they can, can continue yeah, the story. Yeah, they've got to connect the story somehow. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't know because I haven't beaten it. Because I've... Because they're... Like, the story's pretty simple. It's like, oh, you're going to this thing to do the thing. And I keep thinking, oh, because they show you a little map between levels. And I'm like, I'm almost at the thing. The next level will be, like, the, it's not the Citadel, it's some other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, story kind of is kind of whatever. There's a mm-hmm. lot of talking characters at the start of this game. It's very, it did remind very me. Half-Life 2? <laughs> it reminded me maybe even more of, like, episode, episode one in a bad one. way. Like, the worst oh, part. Yeah. That has significantly eased up in back half of the game, so I don't want to rag on that too much. Good. There's okay. a part, but also VR is just naturally cool. So like when a Vortigaunt talks to you and he's like seven feet tall or something, okay, yeah, just that's like, kind of rad. And he's really close to you, and you're just like, like you're wincing, and because this intimidating gigantic alien is standing in front of you yeah. talking, yeah. 
there's just there's so much to say about this game and I kind of don't know where to start where like it's very diverse in what you're doing because mm. it's like one mo for a lot of it it's primarily kind of a survival horror game really mm-hmm. where you're very you're very fragile you're very Good. strapped for ammo you don't have a whole lot of weapons especially early on you kind of just have the pistol mm-hmm. so the first few combine encounters like Again, the the ramp up is very similar to Half Life Two, where it's like, oh, head crabs, zombies, uh, those things that drop down from the ceiling, mm-hmm. you know, with the little tentacle, and then they yeah. grab you. Yeah, barnacles. Barnacles. That's it. So those things they had to the ch- they changed barnacles a little bit. They don't only do damage when they lift you all the way up. They just immediately start doing damage because yeah. they in the settings, you. yeah, they strangle you now. Yeah. But the reason is because if they actually lifted you up. For some people, they're immediately oh, going yeah. to get motion. That yeah, you get some real bad motion sickness. So that's a toggle. I have it turned on, of course. Yes, that's what I would want. That's what I would want. <laughs> but it's cr- it is very disorientating being lifted up and be like, oh fuck, oh, oh fuck, 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 fuck. Like they're not a very hard enemy, but a couple times I've gotten caught uh-huh. without seeing it and yeah. like oh fuck and then you're pointing your arm straight up to shoot it and then you're like <laughs> oh fuck i have to i have to reload and like the reload animations are all manual oh like, that's so good so that's kind of the cool thing about the coolest thing about this game is like adding a lot of like physical tacticality to almost everything that they can except there's no melee weapons which seems like a survival that's, horror part of it i uh, you don't have a fucking crowbar are you kidding me Alex does not wield the crowbar. Gordon Freeman wields the crowbar. <laughs> oh, right, right. How could I forget? <clears throat> I think the reason for it, though, is because the default movement is teleport. Mm-hmm. And I I never like teleport movement oh, in VR. Right. So I pretty immediately just shifted it to left stick Move. moves you. Yeah. Like move forward and strafe, and then you can turn with the right stick. Yeah, and the turning is like fifteen degrees at a time, so you don't get motion sick, yeah. which is fine. Yeah, like compared to how nearly barfy I've gotten with some PlayStation VR games, yeah. like this one hasn't gotten me that badly. Yeah, which I didn't, which I didn't expect when I turned on the smooth walk animations. Mm-hmm. What's weird though is that I think the smooth walking makes it easier than it should be because like. If you're a little more oh, grounded to where you're standing and a zombie's walking up to you, like you're gonna have to turn around and then teleport, then turn back to shoot keep shooting it. Oh yeah, that's weird, just like, yeah. I'm just walking up to it, getting really getting really close, but like just out of melee range and then just kinda tapping the stick stick backwards to walk backwards. So like zombies are very easy. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you can just have much more fine control over. Yeah. You're keeping your distance, which is, I think, why they don't have a melee attack, because it would be Probably really trivial. It, yeah, it'd make it way too easy. Because I think, in general, the enemies aren't, besides the zombies, obviously, because that's the thing they do, enemies don't really rush up on you. Right. Probably because of how the movement works. Yeah. Like, I think every time a combine has, like, whacked me, it's because I kind of ran up to them. Uh, like, they, they seem to want to keep their distance. I had one moment, though, where it's like, I'm in a bus... And there's like a couple combine outside shooting at me, and I moved forward to like exit the bus to kind of rush them down. And again, <laughs> apparently because I was hidden, they had also decided their AI had also decided to enter the bus. Oh, so we so we like bumped into each other at like the door, and it scared the shit <laughs> out of me. <laughs> 
because all of a sudden you just bump into like this full-size guy and yeah. you're both pointing guns at each other and it's That's like real oh, fucked fuck. up. That's fucked up. There was another moment of like I guess it was a bus too or like a large I think it was a large truck. Me and a combine guy are on opposite sides of it strafing around it mm-hmm. and I'm just shooting through the windows like trying to hit him. It was like <laughs> One of the coolest action movie things I've ever done in a video game. Nice. Yeah, VR definitely heightened that moment. VR is fucking crazy at times. Like, the end of the last chapter I did was, like, a shitload of antlions. Oh, good. <laughs> Those are in this game, too. They hold them back pretty till pretty late. Yeah, they're, they're scary. They change... Hey, I did not realize how fucking big they are up close. Yeah, they're really big. <laughs> they're fucking big. <laughs> but but again, they don't seem to really rush you down. It's the, like they like kind of spit at you from a distance. Yeah, yeah. But then when there's like five of them. Oh, dear. It's scary. Those are a real clever enemy, too, because they kind of change how they work. They they have really weak limbs now. Oh, so okay. You, it's, so it's like dead space. You got to shoot the limbs off. Shoot the off. limbs off, yeah. And then they'll start fucking limping towards you. Boy, Dead Space VR would be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. God, there's that... There's the Wii game. I wonder if anybody got that working in VR. They probably did. They probably did, yeah. Yeah. uh, But yeah. The combat is hard. It's, like, very swift and violent, which I think makes sense for VR. Yeah. So that as I get towards the end of the game and the combat encounters get like significantly longer, it's like you're just feels kind of crazy where it's like dealing with a bunch of antlines, a different type that like shoot projectiles at you and a couple combine soldiers. Mm. You feel pretty badass coming out of that relatively unscathed. So I remember (laughs) like I did die the the first. So my first attempt on that, it's like, okay, there's a shitload of antlines over there. I don't have enough hand. I don't have any handgun ammo left. Oh. I'm just going to kind of rush them with the assault rifle, spray and pray, hit the legs, hope this works out. <laughs> so I start running forward. Click. Oh, I forgot to load the gun. <gasps> Oops. So I'm like, so then I'm backing up trying to load the gun while all these antlines are rushing me. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. You really fucked this up, buddy. <laughs> second attempt I'm like hiding behind a wall trying to snipe one of the, the combine guys and he's shooting at me as well and I die in like two seconds oh it's like oh yeah. you are v- you're just very fragile yep so what I'm saying is that the gunplay is good but they do mix it up a lot yeah so that you're not all it's not a, actually a ton of shooting mm-hmm. a lot of this game is just hunting through environments looking for ammo looking for like the weapon upgrade material that's new to Half-Life, obviously. Oh, right, like there's right. a few modern conveniences of like, hey, there's like this it's called resin, like this upgrade thing that they kind of sprinkle around to get you to look around the environments and then yeah. oh now your now your shotgun can also shoot a grenade, which is very cool. Okay, that's or, rad. Yeah, the upgrades are definitely fucking worth it. Like now your assault rifle has a laser sight, which really changes the combat when you're like, oh, I can just cause aiming in VR is so fucking hard. Like, actually hitting something with a gun when it's far away. <laughs> Did not realize... Video games really help you out on that a lot, huh? Yeah, they make guns seem real simple. Because, like, at the very start of this game, when you just have the pistol, I'm closing one eye, 
to like use the little you know crosshair thing on the top of the gun yeah. to make my shots hit. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to you have to close one eye so that, to make the image two D so that you can line it oh, up better. Oh, that's fucking cool though. And then later on, you get kind of a laser sight that kind of shows you a dot, but it's still like easier to use with one eye. Right. So like, there's definitely an escalation of like extremely slow sniping a single crab head crab too i'm going to war with the combine one one person army let's go excellent it is kind of funny though of like music in a game like this is weird because like it's not diegetic like it's not obviously in universe no, no. But like but then also when the combat encounters are so much smaller than they were in like a, a regular half-life game of like you know the music starts pumping up and three guys come out, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. And then you and then you kill them, and there's two more. Oh no! <laughs> and then the music does the stinger at the end, and you're like, "Yeah." Dang. But it was total five enemies, and you're like, <laughs> "But it's also it was super intense because they can kill you super easily." I mean, yeah. Like, look, think of it this way: if you had to kill five people in real life that were about <laughs> to kill you with guns. Uh, yeah, you'd, oh, probably yeah, come sure. out, you'd probably come out the other side feeling like a bit of a badass. <laughs> it also made me think how like viciously gross violence in VR could be if they had like, oh, you know. Oh god, yeah, they could go totally over the fucking wall ape shit with the... Like something like Left 4 Dead or Resident Evil 2 where you have like body deformation. Oh god, RE2. Like, I, I know, well, I mean, fucking yeah. Resident Evil 7 is in VR. So I imagine if you want to get your dose of some of that weird body deformation oh, stuff... I'll pick you up some Resident Evil 7. You'll have a good time. So I bought, Re- bought Resident Evil 7 on PS4 for VR. And like, then we were years too, much ago? A, too much of a chicken. <laughs> it's that and, the, and that it, it looks, the graphics are real rough when you have Aww. to put it in VR. Well, yeah, Aww. it's PS4. Yeah. It's like playing, you know, the early PS3 version yeah. of RE7. Yeah. Plus, I, I think it just might be the resolution or what. Like, PSVR just seemed to make me more motion sick yeah like pretty it's likely they're the resolution problem i might try to go back to it now but i was like i think this headset has pretty spoiled po- spoiled me pretty heavily oh, yeah, now because this this thing it's like it goes up to like 4k resolution oh, like that's the yeah. big it's fucking crazy and again it's being backed by you know my modern pc and not yeah the ps4 not from the PS4. 2014 yeah god that was so long ago it, it's a pretty big jump there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, hacking minigames in Alex. Mm. It's kind of funny, like, feeling... The game design maybe feels a little old, where it's like, oh, hacking minigames, hacking remember mini those? Hacking minigames from, from 2012? Really? Yeah. But, they're again, they make sense because they're all... Th- they wouldn't make sense in a regular game because they're all they're using like, yeah, 3- they're 3D in some way. Yeah. Where one of them is like, there's a bunch of points in the air and you have to draw a laser that hits all of them. Oh, nice. And again, you're using all three movements of axis. Yeah. You know what I mean. I said I that all Axis of movement. Yeah. So it's like doing that on a controller in a 2D you know, input in space would make no fucking no, sense. No, not at all. But, but oh, you they can, give... You can yeah. play that game out of VR, though, can't you? Pretty they sure modded you. it. That is... No, that's a modder thing, though. Oh... Uh... That's not Valve. Valve okay. was like, you have to play this in VR, and people were like, I want to play it too for the story. Yeah, the Half-Life story that makes so <laughs> much sense. Yeah. And everybody, no, but then everybody that played it in VR was like, 
it's not gonna be the same you idiot it's yeah. it's not there's there are sections in this game that are pure pitch black mm. and you have a flashlight on your right hand oh and you have your gun in your left yeah, hand. yeah yeah that's not gonna work <laughs> on a gamepad Oh, no. Not even just saying gamepad. I'm just saying, like, as a cool thing that this game does yeah. to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. I came up to a heavy door that had a window on it, like, just kind of a regular industrial door, and there's just a fucking head crab on the other side sucking on it, and I'm just like, oh, oh God! Yeah, there like, you go. <laughs> when you accidentally get real close, there's, there's so much gross in this game. Like, all <laughs> the creatures are gross, and then you're seeing them, like, at full size right next to you. Yeah. You ever had a black head crab jump at you? Oh, like the God. real scary poison ones that oh, are really yeah. fast? The ones that'll take you to one health in an instant? You know which ones they fucking throw at you in the pitch black segment? Oh, good. Oh, that's oh brutal. good. That's so good. <laughs> There's There are so many times this game makes me are, say, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Where it's like, there's the objective... I know as soon as I walk over there, the lights are going to go off. Yeah. And then it does. And then, like, three black head crabs jump and fall into the room. And I'm just like, fuck, <laughs> you fucking motherfuckers. <laughs> and they, they are so sparse with shotgun ammo. Right, yeah. Because the shotgun's still very good. And then it don't miss, really, because you get just... Yeah. But, man, it's... There's like a section called like the nest. It's just all black head crabs. Oh, I really hate those boy. fuckers. Oh, there boy. is, there's a new one that's like electric head crab. It's like a boss that you fight twice, and they are just they they takes like it's a full on boss fight. Like it's not just oh I hit it with the shotgun like twice. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like oh I dumped literally all the ammo I have into this thing and then it died. God. Like it takes like thirty shots or something, yeah. and then it just starts that's limping. I know, it's, like, the game doesn't go, oh, it's a boss fight. It's just like, hey, here's this one extremely strong enemy that shows up twice. And then when it's low on health, it starts limping. And I'm just like, walk up to it slowly, just, point, yeah. the, point the handgun down, <laughs> cock it, like, fuck off. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. Merciless. Where were you when Rhett became a true killer? Again, the first time I felt a little bad. The second fight went so poorly. I was like, "Ah, you bitch!" <laughs> I get a little animated playing this game. Like, this is a tweet I made. It's like, this I is something I, I wish I could see. I literally wish yeah, I, I could watch you playing a VR game, and just like this would be hilarious for me. I fucking hit my ceiling last night. <laughs> I have a couple. I have a couple keychains hanging down, and I went yeah. to throw an item, and I just felt up in real life, and I went, oh, fuck, I just... <laughs> I forgot those were up there. That's really good! <laughs> so good. There's one part where I love, I'm pointing a shotgun at a head crab, and I'm like, fuck around and find out, buddy, and then he jumps. Oh. He, he found he out. He found out! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, so the, I'll probably I might bring this game up again next episode. Sure, so yeah, I have to imagine you're close to the end at this point. I feel like a, it is longer than I expected. Like I don't feel it's a short game at all. But here's the crazy part that I haven't dived into at all. This has workshop support. Oh, interesting. There are people making their own little campaigns. Oh, that could be real cool. 
I saw one last night that was set in Portal 2 level, like, maps. Oh, shit. And they, I guess that one specifically is, like, a little puzzle thing, so they use mm-hmm. the Portal stuff, but Portal it's like, two. oh. Portal 2 VR, baby. There's no fucking way you could not puke doing portals. I know, it'd be great. <laughs> Give me that right remember. I remember, like, I remember, like, ten years ago when VR was first starting off, immediately people were asking Valve for Portal, and they are like, we tried it, everybody, everybody throws puked. up. puked. <laughs> I mean, just the regular Portal 2, or regular Portal, gets you a little it could be a l- like Yeah, I remember a couple of times, like, falling through multiple portals and kind of just being, oh, boy. Like, if you did one of those, like, ceiling to floor, and yeah. it just infinite loops. Infinite loops, you just kind of start You would mess it. yourself up in VR, like, yeah. instantly. Because, like, Half-Life Alex does kind of have a jump button, but then it moves you in a straight line. Yeah. Like, it doesn't actually do an arc. It does a very gentle transition. Right. Mm-hmm. Any sort of, like, vertical... Like, even just riding elevators in this game makes me feel a little weird. Because mm. even though that's a realistic thing, like, your stomach just knows that something's up right now. Yeah, something's not right. God, that's funny. Yeah, this game's very cool. That's awesome. I'm glad it's treating you well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would hope the game that is like now like number one on every must play VR game list. Yeah. I hope it would hold up. Yeah. Otherwise, oh no, what are we doing? This whole VR thing is a sham. We fucked up. How about the how does it are you excited by the grand um Half Life lore and story development? I mean I'm not not excited. I well, am there you curious go. what the fuck happens at the end of this game. Yeah, yeah. cool. You're going to be invested in some way. Be like episode but two, some cool shit there. Oh no! Was at the never- time I played episode two, which was like three years after it came out, and my mm-hmm. dumbass thinking, "Oh, they're going to finish this any day for sure." It's, oh yeah, now's the time to play it. Mm-hmm. I'm not as invested as I was back then. That's for sure. <laughs> It's kind of funny. The f- The first story arc in this game is saving Eli. So he looks like way younger because it's oh, yeah, like a, a 10 year yeah, prequel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But <laughs> the voice actors have aged. So it's a little disconnecting there. Yeah. Well, Eli's like, voice actor is dead, isn't he? Wait. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe that's it. It's a totally different. Yeah, actor I'm then. pretty sure Eli Vance's uh, voice oh, actor died. Oops. My bad. Oh, I, I definitely felt something was. A little off Amiss. how I remembered it there. Yeah. 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 Oof. So, uh, is that a podcast? That's, I do believe, I do believe we've put another podcast into the pan, fried it up, seared it up, got a nice little bit of pink in the middle. It's going to taste real good when you bite into it. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us for SoxCast episode 150. It's always a pleasure to have you around. Always a pleasure. People that came to the live show and everybody that downloaded. John Thayer, tell the internet folks at home where they can find you. Farawaytimes.itch.io And Rhett. Uh, I forgot the URL. Watch for every starlight. Okay, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash polyhead, where I will be up to various shenanigans streaming, uh, including starting the Umineko series uh, on Monday yeah. evening. So that's going to be fun. But I also get up to other various weird, stupid VTuby stuff. I play games from my childhood, like Purple Cape Man. 
Yep. Yeah. That classic. That, that childhood classic, classic. That childhood classic. You just grow up. You love it. You remember the cartoons. You remember the movies. You remember the well, action I mean, it's before figures. my time, but it's really nice getting into the headspace of yeah. like people who are there for the whole purple. Yeah, I feel phenomenon. like we taught you a lot. Uh, I feel like yeah, you were absolutely. there. You were in chat. It looked like you were really absorbing a lot. And you were really uh, appreciative of what was going on there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Twitch.tv slash polyhead. But that's going to do it for us this episode. We will catch you again in a couple of weeks. And until then, remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you.